Hello, Guardians. Welcome to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast here on Boss Rush Games. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deergan. Alongside me, as always, is our lore archivist, Mr. Josh Finney. And I hope that your eardrums are not broken. Wow. How do you top that? I don't know. Let's that find out. Joining us up. is the nerd journalist in the... Which corner are you in? I don't know. I think you're in this one. I don't know. I'm right here. For me, I'm always just right here, guys. Straight ahead. What's up, everybody? How we doing tonight? You didn't. I thought you were going to try to top Josh. You can't. You can't top Josh. That's fair. You can't. You you can't beat Josh. You can't do it. That's fair. We do have a. We have a. We have a full house tonight because we also have Colonel Panic. Ooga. How's that? I kind of did it. Shock. Jock sound effect board out of my mouth hi I, <laughs> I am thoroughly impressed and confused both I, I i'm scared for for where this is gonna go just based on the intros i'm scared it's, I, up, it's, uh, it's already off the rails gentlemen it's only downhill from here listeners it's only downhill every time every time i open a skype call with anybody in the last year and a half i'm scared so let's be honest be honest you it picked the be... wrong you, you picked the wrong job then i did you know who's <laughs> who made me do this it's ed's fault we're blaming ed even though he doesn't play destiny at all it's still his fault uh how's everybody everybody good everybody uh hanging in there it's almost friday i'll be all right it is almost friday i also get paid tomorrow so that's good uh, I'm good. I'm going on a little mini road trip in the morning to uh, go visit our good friend Ray Apollo. So. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. I uh, I sold a bunch of crap this week. That's how my week's going. Like a lot of crap. Like almost a thousand dollars worth of crap this week. What's, you, what you gonna get a most... monitor? What? You gonna get a monitor? I am. I'm gonna get that uh, the Samsung one you sent me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us your most profitable sale. What what was the item you sold that made you the most money this week? Uh, well, I sold my PlayStation Four this week. Oh, boring. I was hoping it was like some old toy no. or old video gaming nostalgia. No, that was like that was like a month ago, man. You you've missed out on these conversations. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty great. Yeah, I sold a Master System and a Saturn. Yeah, we talked about the Saturn last time I was on. Yeah. So what else? You sold a really obscure Dreamcast game for like a hundred something bucks, didn't you? Yeah, I sold Illbleed, the uh, really obscure Dreamcast game, for one hundred and forty-five dollars. Jesus, did you burn a copy first? No. Illbleed. That sounds like a rap group. I'm. I don't know if you're aware, but you can just burn Dreamcast games onto a disc Mm -hmm. and just play them. Yeah, I know. Are they? Are they just? Like CDs, DVDs, just CDs. yeah. Just well, CDs. they're 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 GDs, which is like goddamn, goddamn. We should have picked a different Sega's, format. Sega's fancy uh, compact disc that clearly they just were like, oh well, we make money on software, but everybody's just burning our game. So we only sold like three copies of Sonic Adventure, but everybody's playing it. So <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh man, Dreamcast, great times. Have one sitting right here in my. Uh, oh dresser thing so. one would say you're living the dream cast, cast. <laughs> got him you tower, play that, probably uh, talk about destiny at some well, point tower casuals is my dream cast 
Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Uh, what else did I sell? To? Oh, I sold a old, I sold a fat PS2 with a bunch of games for like eighty five dollars today too. So. That's not bad for a PlayStation 2. I know. I don't even know if it works. I, to- I told the guy after he bought it, I'm like, look, dude, this thing's been sitting in my basement for 15 years. I have no clue if it works. He turns it on. Your... It's a discreet error. What is yeah. your... Uh, you have a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 4 Pro that you Pro. sold? Pro. How much, if you don't mind, how much did you get for it? Uh, I sold it for $140 plus $40 shipping. Gotcha. So. And to you IRS people... That is fake money. That's not real money. No, it's monopoly money. Actually, I asked them to pay. Actually, I asked them to pay me in Canadian dollars because you know that's even more <clears throat> fake than monopoly money. So, Ooh, you I, just lost half your Canadian viewer or uh, listening base now. Yeah, that's I fine. like how who is like it? Who is it? Who is it? Sean about... Capri and and uh, uh, Mark Carabin. Those two guys, <laughs> Scrubs. I'm just kidding. I like those. We guys. get concerned about selling too much on eBay and be like, I hope the IR doesn't end up finding out and taxing me meanwhile other people sell like millions and millions of dollars <laughs> worth of stuff and don't pay a penny well <laughs> that's, they're, they're like they go into like ah, oh, don't worry about it i don't have to pay any taxes spo- spoilers i'm using my sister-in-law's account so oh nice that's her problem uh no it's, it's call it's, that the sneaky pete the sneaky pete jeez uh, is that, uh, hmm, that sounds like some <laughs> word for something Mm-mm. real different <laughs> They don't, they don't. They they don't call it that. They should not call it that. That's what my uncle used to tell me. Oh god, Oof. I'm real scared. Where this conversation? Oh, I sold a game. Yep. I sold. Nope. nope. Abort. Abort. <laughs> I sold. Smack the mute button. I sold. <laughs> I sold Paper Mario for N64 complete inbox for 160. dollars oh, oh, That's the that's the prize there. That's a good one. Yeah. Man. So let me tell you that we should get into Destiny, but Paper Mario was the first RPG that I ever, like, didn't know was an RPG and then, like, secretly made me like RPGs. Mm, that's how Nintendo gets you. That's that's yeah. that's how Pokemon was for me. So I had no clue what an RPG was until I played wasn't Pokemon. That, wasn't that supposed to be, like, a spiritual successor to Super Mario RPG? Yeah. Yeah, they are. For, like, it's real close. Which yeah. is a fantastic game. It's uh, a fantastic game. <laughs> Well, welcome I, to Thousand Year Door is one of my all-time favorite Nintendo games. Oh well, do I have bad news for you, Josh? I just sold <laughs> Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door for a hundred dollars complete inbox. Man, it's okay. I sold mine for like seventy bucks a couple years back, so it's yeah. all good. Yeah. That's okay. I lost mine in my basement somewhere, and some person I'm sure found it. To be it. fair, someday Nintendo will find a way to resell us all of these games again and again. This is the way. And again, this is the way. This is the way. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we should probably talk about Destiny. Instead of talking about Corey's eBay skills, I mean, look, I've made almost three thousand dollars in thirty days. What did you do? Th- this Spent has $3, been thousand dollars on shaders. <laughs> Go no. all bright dust. Oh, spend it on a lot of beers that are probably going to cause me to buy an excess of tums this weekend. Mm. Oh, well, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't buy beer that's made with buffalo sauce. Okay. So you're Corey, your your uh, mic cut out a little bit, and it sounded like you said butthole sauce. <laughs> well, you know, could I be mean, that too. You shouldn't drink beer made with butthole sauce either. Got real obscure. Here we go. All to, right, I will calm down. Uh, to be fair, we had fried rice last night, and I had some real mm. weird butthole sauce come out before the show started. So yikes! There, we, should start, yikes. we should start this show over. Can we start over? Nope. Too late. This is it. Too late. This is what. 
this yeah. is what the people wanted. This is look. This is people asked. People like gosh. People like nerd and a colonel, and now we have them together. And this is this, this is this, this is, is your, what happened. This is your mistake having us both on. I already muted him. It's all good, guys. It's all good. <laughs> Take well, us into destiny, Josh. Take us into destiny. Guess what? You can't. You can only mute me through the Skype call. I can keep talking and actually mute all of you at once on the <laughs> podcast and keep going. So this this is how I'm going to find out that our entire podcast is really just Corey recording over our voices with sandwich talk. Wait, yeah, Corey, can you just do my voiceover for the rest of the podcast? I could. I could. I'm not going to though. Uh, Josh, get us right. into some destiny, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, a little bit light on the uh, on the Destiny news this week, which is a little weird. Three weeks out from an expansion, a major expansion, twenty five days to be exact. Uh, but we did finally get the deets on the next generation of Destiny, um, on how it's going to run on the Xbox Series X, Series S, and the PlayStation Five, uh, <clears throat> native four K at for both Series X and PS Five, ten eighty P on the S, uh, sixty FPS across the board. Uh, faster load times, cross-gen play within your console family, uh, the free next-gen upgrade, and, of course, the biggest piece of news here that I think we are all excited for, a field-of-view slider coming to consoles. Finally. Finally. Yes. Thank so God. What, Thank God. What, is, what does that mean exactly? Because, like, I mean, I feel like that's something I should really know, but I it's one of those things that just eludes so, my knowledge of technology in games. Corey, have you ever used a, uh, like a DSLR camera? No. Uh, I, I'm out. <laughs> so, the best way, I, I can't really describe it to you, but it's like, on PC, you get, so, the best way I can probably describe it to you is, do you remember when DVDs used to be widescreen and full screen? Yes. They sold two different versions of them? Okay, so full screen, you got the full image, but it was cropped. You were missing stuff on the ends. Right. Widescreen, you got the entire aspect ratio as it was shown in theaters. Okay. That's kind of how this, this is the full, you can go up to the full field of view that the developers made it in and intended it for. But on consoles, that's like shrunken down. It's like okay. going from widescreen to like four three almost. Okay. So where it's like, gonna okay. factor in. So imagine you're in a crucible match. Yes. Okay. You're gonna see the guy over here that's killing you rather than just taking the shot and dying. Well, theoretically, he's still gonna kill you. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's still gonna kill I'm you. I'm probably not gonna see, see him because I have a you. I have a problem in yeah. competitive anything. So you know. But. So uh, they, they say here their goal is to enable uh, an FOV range similar to that of PC, and they are currently testing the settings to ensure smooth performance across each platform, and we'll have more details closer to launch. Okay. Um, okay. This is launching December 8th. This is not coming with the launch of Series X like we thought on the 10th of November. Instead, this will be in December. Um, I'm kind of thinking that since they say they're still working on the field of view, this is probably why this is coming in December is because they want to make sure that absolutely works before putting this out. Uh, Cause if it doesn't, that's going to be disastrous PR for Bungie. I mean, it's going to, it's, it, it potentially could impact performance substantially. I mean, you're putting a lot more poly. Oh, no, it's, it's absolutely so. going to impact the performance. Yeah. And they make it pretty clear. Like they can only do this on the next generation consoles and on PC. That's the only thing with got the process. Half, even if we got half of the uh, variability that PC gets, I would be happy as a primarily yeah. console player. 
Uh, this is absolutely for me the field of view slider is the best confirmation we're going to get that crossplay uh, between the consoles and PC is not that far off. Can we know they're already planning for 2021, but this this yeah, this may come earlier in 2021 than Witch Queen at this point. Is our so when it comes when it when the new consoles launch, does yes. that mean we're not getting 60 frames a second at launch either? You're not. That that'll be in the December eighth update. Oh man! Doesn't that take it, the wind out of your sails a little bit? Yeah, it, takes, it definitely takes the wind out of my sails a bit. And so know that it's gonna be thirty frames, but no. you are still getting that fast load time, and you are still getting the ability to pull up your menu in real time, like PC, because uh, they've already shown the version <clears> that is <throat> on the preview units is not the smart delivery version. It is what we currently play on Xbox One and on PS4. If so, I may. Yeah, go ahead. So I was I was uh I was watching some trial footage or some 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 footage from people who had gotten demo units of the Series X. And there were a couple of people who put up videos of Destiny running on the Series X. And there is even without any of the enhancements, a pretty substantial graphic, uh, like, it's really hard to explain, but it almost feels like you're running at a higher frame rate on there yeah. because everything is loading so much faster. So, correct, we won't have the 60 frames per second right out of the gate, but there will be some a much better feel to the game just with the better hardware as it is. So, cool. oh, go ahead. My biggest concern with it, and I know that to a certain degree, I will, but, like, am I really going to be playing Destiny in December 8th? Like, like the whole excitement was there's new content, <laughs> and I get the enhancements. And now that it's coming so much later, like, what content... And again, I would be so happy to be wrong, but Bungie does not have a great track record as of recent as far as, like, keeping me engaged, I would say, a month past a content drop. So uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate for just a second. I'm going to play the role of Bungie Defender because I, I completely agree with you there. Um, if this is a Forsaken-style-sized expansion, which I think a lot of us are expecting it is, with two complete destinations as opposed to just getting the moon reskinned, um, with the new New Light quest line, with the raid dropping, which we're going to get to in a minute, reprise strikes from the Cosmodrome, reprise content from there, and all the new stuff on Europa... Uh, I think that this drop is lined up to be with the start of the dawning event. So you'll have a seasonal event to go into. You've still got the seasonal content in addition to the dawning. So you'll still have season 15, I think it is, drop. Um, that's, or not 15. God, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Season 12. Um, you'll still have that drop. I, I think there's gonna be enough to keep most people there, especially if you're not hitting it hard and power grinding. Like, I'm going to grind out a lot probably in the first 10 days and then take a two, three week break to play Cyberpunk. I'll exactly. be ready for some more destinying by December 8th. So the only thing I'll be coming back for in that time frame is I, I am going to attempt <clears throat> uh, the Deepstone Crypt probably in its first week. I, I was going to make the same point. I think mm -hmm. the fact that this releases with a bunch of other games that I think a lot of Destiny players are going to be playing, Cyberpunk, uh, uh, we were talking Black before. Ops, Black Ops, literally two days later. That's what I was going to say. Before the call, we were talking, or before the podcast started, we were talking about uh, uh, Black Ops. 
perhaps. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things I think that are going to be tearing people in different directions. So I think I, I think for casual players, it's going to be really hard for us to really focus exclusively on Destiny for that first month. So I think you will mm-hmm. be. I will be. Like I, I again, like I'll, I'll probably put about two solid weeks in, and then it, it'll it'll go into a rotation with Cyberpunk until when the 60 FPS drops. Though, like I, I'm done with Cyberpunk by that point because it's all Destiny, baby. It's all I, Destiny at that point. I don't think you're going to be done with Cyberpunk at that point. That's good. <laughs> I should be hopeful. Yeah, I mean, you can be I, hopeful. I mean, for no. me, like I, yeah. I was hoping for at least the 60 frames. Like the other the other graphical stuff, whatever. Like I was hoping for at least the sixty frames. Plus, like, there's other games I want to play too. Like Gears Tactics is another game that I, people seem to be giving me shit for uh, <laughs> being excited for to play it on console. But uh, and like Assassin's Creed or like I mean, you guys are excited for Cyberpunk also. Like, I don't know. I was kind of like bummed when I read that today. I was I was really Damn. bummed. I had to read. I read through it, and I, for some reason, it I skipped over, like, like the whole like, like the upgrades will be delivered on December eighth part. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh great! And I read. I saw the chart, and like yeah, stuff we know. And then I saw the the field of view thing, and I was like, oh nice. And then like it, it was like not I think like the second time to like read everything. I'm like wait. I was like you snuck that in there. I was like I didn't. Yeah. It, it did not feel like that was announced so much as, like, quietly mentioned, which is I, fine. I, I don't get it. I don't think I would be as bothered by this if it wasn't clearly being marketed as Xbox's big push for launch day. Yeah. Um, that I think that does take the wind out of sails a bit. But like Nerd said, watching some of those previews and seeing how fast it loads and, it, like, obviously it's still lagging behind PC. We won't get the PC parody until December. I, I'm still like, okay, you know what? I, I can work with this. I can deal with 30 frames. I see, I want to attempt the raid when it comes out, but I might actually hold off for 60 frames and that field of view, honestly. I think um, we, we need to get a group together to try raid day one. And I, everyone you're needs not, to you're not gonna wait. You have 11 days to get up there, and that's more generous than any other raid that they've done. Remember when the Titan of- King came out? We had like three days. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I did it on like day five, and it was awful. I so, took three days off of work to do it because we were gonna we were gonna do it for uh, the Destiny show. I was running at that time and talk about it, and I was just like, "Oh man, this sucks." So <laughs> I need I need people to do it day one with me, and I will make sure that I'll I will send day one. Yeah, you will. So, yes, I will. Okay, I will. I sign know. myself up too. Is it is right. day one on a Friday? It's on Saturday. A Saturday. Saturday. Ooh, even better. Yeah, Saturday, so, an hour you know after reset. I just have to make sure I send the send everyone away on a nice little tr- day trip and. <laughs> yeah, I so okay. So, so since we're talking raid, let's, no, no, let's hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go into raid, get your last thoughts out. Before we go to raid, there's one thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, Max resolution for the Xbox Series S is 1440. Is that correct? Yes. Why are we only getting a 1080p resolution for the Series S? The best way that I can describe that is seeing how other developers have talked about it is they're choosing to lock it at 1080 to make sure that they have the most stable uh, frame rate and resolution combo. 
they it's, don't want that's they a don't bungee want thing yeah that's that's a that's completely a bungee decision that's not a microsoft thing that's them saying we're locking it to this it's the same reason why we can look at series x and be like well you, you can go up to 120 frames on this why are we not doing 120 frames why is it locked at 60 and it's for the stability honestly. do you remember when halo 3 came out and it was like 1080 but it was actually running at like 778 or something like yeah. that yeah i can i can understand i mean i can understand why we're locking it at 60 um but for me i mean this is one of i i would assume you know with its addition to game pass i mean gonna be one of microsoft's flagship products for the new the new console why they wouldn't want to flex the fact that it can go up to fourteen forty, but I, uh, what with what you're saying, I understand, but I don't know. It just doesn't. I also make sense. think this is something that, but not to cut you off, I think this is something that could possibly be addressed later on too. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. We get more performance mm-hmm. patches throughout the year. They're always working on the back end. There's been a lot of speculation. We're getting that new engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that that could very well be delivered in the update that gives us crossplay. Be like, hey, we the the wizards at Bungie and Microsoft have teamed up to figure out how to do this. Didn't they? Uh, didn't they disprove uh, that though? Didn't they say that they're not doing a new engine? They, they say a lot that of they things. weren't. They say a lot of things. I, I, per, I, conspiracy headphones are on, gentlemen. Spinfoil. We are getting, we are getting oh, a new geez. engine at some point. This engine is so outdated. They need a new one, really Why? badly, if they plan on this game going on. Why? What do you need? What do you need? One specific for? thing that would be better about the engine. Exactly. Dude, honestly, like the menu system, the yeah, the not, menu and inventory, not the vault all, all needs to be overhauled completely. But I they've don't said think there's so I don't much. Think that's they've said there's so though. much spaghetti code in there. It's getting hard for them to update the engine at this point to do backend work. Like they're they're trying to update it to where they don't have to th- send things through a patch approval process nearly as much with Microsoft and Sony. That's what holds up. Like when there's a game breaking bug and they're like, "Well, we got to disable such and such for like three weeks because we got to identify the problem, make the patch, and then get it approved and hope it doesn't break anything else." There hoping to get to a point where they can do things like for example with the ciphers the festival of the lost ciphers they updated that on the back end that's not something that had to go through a hot no, no 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 that's that okay 100 percent. that's a quality assurance and play testing issue and yes. i i would call out that a lot of the issues the bungees had over the last year if not longer has been a quality assurance and play testing issue uh yeah sure you can work around uh microsoft Often Sony's, you know, I'm sure they have a review time very similar to maybe like what Apple has before they put out any kind of of content updates or patches. But these are problems that you don't I'm going to say this and and I know it's going to sound kind of tacky because, you know, software development is not easy. I'm not saying it is, but these are problems that you don't necessarily have to have. I don't think it's related to the engine. Yeah, that's fair. I think we will get a new engine when Bungie makes a new engine for a different game, and then if Destiny's still going strong, they decide to like port it over. I think I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm definitely arguing with that. I guess I'm looking at like long term, the future. Had we not had three more years of expansions confirmed, I'd be like, huh, yeah, like whatever. But this is running on, to my knowledge, it's running on a modified version of the engine they built for Reach. And that reach came out ten years ago. Like, at yeah, a it's an amazing point, game. No, absolutely, <laughs> like absolutely, like at, at that and at the time that was like that was a groundbreaking looking game. It's a beautiful game still to this day. Reach is beautiful. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I think I'm probably going to look at this in a little bit of a different light once we get to the performance boosts and the new resolutions on yeah. the next gen consoles. Like I'm playing on it. I'm playing on a 1080p TV on a Xbox One S, and there's God, dude. The, the frame rate slowdown <laughs> is so bad at this point. I, I can't do it. That's Going fair. into a public event is a nightmare. Yeah, uh, that's bad. Tr- yeah, trying trying to do contact, uh, even trying to do some raid encounters. Menagerie was a nightmare a few weeks ago when I tried doing that for uh, means to an end. It's just like it- it's skipping along. It's like, oh my god, like we're, we're, we look like we're in the Matrix right now. This is bad. If I were to guess, we will get a new engine in Destiny as Destiny's swan song. Like they'll be like, hey, we're putting it out the pasture. This is the engine. Yeah. Good luck, guys. <laughs> We're gonna keep the servers on until we see the players drop. Yeah, I and I mean that that's another con- that's a conversation for another time. Is the longevity of Destiny? I think um, mm-hmm. we definitely have some questions about that now, especially or especially like Destiny Two as we currently know it. Um, I hate the fact that there's still a two there. And I really that's what do. I was gonna get to. I, Corey yeah. and I brought that up before. Like, just hurry up and drop the two. Drop uh, I personally think that with the next gen consoles, they're gonna say. Screw it! Like we're we're bringing in everything from Destiny. That's my personal. I think, I think you're holding back your your list your your uh, your player base by having that two there. I think the moment you yep. drop that two, yep. the floodgates open and people are saying, "All right, I I'm going to make the investment. I'm going to jump into this universe and I'm going to stay with this for as, because now I know it's going to be around for a long time." I think I think like what what Josh and I were saying, like once once they get to a point where they can actually get all 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 the content from destiny one and two to be stable in the universe they will drop the two mm-hmm. uh yeah. and i think i think this content vaulting is them like rolling out the content slowly as they see that they it can you know and that they've said as much too right yeah like the content vault is it's not them taking it out for good it's them taking it out to rework it and reintroduce it like the cosmodrome is going to look differently than we remember it like they they've they've directly addressed that there's new characters and there's new missions to do. I personally would just like to see all the story content uh, in addition to the strikes and raids come over. I I think I there's think, a lot of story that you need to bring in. I think I think they need to streamline that story though cuz that Destiny 1 vanilla campaign yep. Yep. is pretty it's pretty bad. Even No, even, no, no. I'm not even... <laughs> I guess I'm more getting at like I want them to bring the story over because no. I'm selfish play through taken king i know i know but what i was saying was like i think like there's a way that you can streamline those like what 25 ish missions between vanilla house of wolves and crota into like night yeah yeah there's about 20 into like eight to ten missions of that story and just kind of they did it at the start of destiny 2 with those animated cutscenes that walked you through what happened in the previous game i think actually it was in the beginning of destiny 2 i think that's that was how they told some of the backstory they can absolutely do that uh as as like opening cutscenes to some i I would love to see a return to like you just said like when you start up destiny 2 and you can still view it from the opening menu if you played Destiny 1 and carried your character over, you can see your first completion of yep. all those things and who you did it with. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to go back and look at and like every campaign and every raid I mm-hmm. completed with my best friend. Like we, we played games since we were like 11 years old together. And, and we just see it every time we boot it up, we see it like bam, bam. It's, it's us on all of them. I, I'd love to see a return to something. Just like little QOL things I'd like mm-hmm. to see come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like as long as the destinations are are available to like if they if they bring back mars if they bring back you know even like phobos at a at a point like you could 
you could do just the campaigns, even if you can't, mm-hmm. even if you can't bring the strikes over, or you know, you only roll out one raid at a time or whatever. You can still, as long as those destinations are there, you can roll that story back in. I don't really see why not. You know, so I get. I'm I'm really nervous about them at any point bringing back Mercury. <laughs> because then it means the haunted forest and all that stuff will come back, and I don't. I'm Mercury sucks. It. Can we just t- take a minute and talk it. about how? Dude, I I fully agree. Mercury is the worst. It's the worst destination. Let's talk about. But it could have been. It could have been cool. Like Mercury yeah. could have been like a, such a cool. Like with the with the infinite forest, like mm-hmm. going through like a strike or like even like a new type of of event you could go through and it'd be different every time and like maybe you make it shorter, make it longer at some points, but like going through those strikes in those, in those missions is just like a slog. It is such a slog. It sucks so bad. It's bad. It's, it's bad. real bad. Oh, it's just it's curse of Osiris is hands down the worst expansion, the uh, expansion that they've ever done, which sucks because Osiris is such an amazing Osiris character is the, in the, the lore character in the universe. Yeah. And yeah. Then he has the shittiest expansion that he's barely in. So I want, I want, I want his armor as like an exotic piece. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about, should we talk about like recap festival of the lost? Yeah, we, we can, we'll make this real quick. Um, Corey and I touched on it a bit at the end of last week's episode. Okay. Okay. Um, we, we didn't do too much because it was only two days in the uh, Cypress hadn't been buffed yet. Let's talk about festival of the cost for a minute. It sucks. It sucks um, so bad. I haven't run it in like two years. Lost is it? Oh, that was a cool noise. Um, it is hands down. It's the coolest decorations to me. I love how the tower is dressed up every year. It is the shittiest event by far, though. Like you cannot seriously tell me that running the haunted forest is fun. This it year, is, this you year, are bro. not baking cookies. You're not competing for Olympic medals. You're not getting super, like super, super supers, like you did in uh, the Revelry a few years ago. There's no crimson doubles. It is you running through a forest with shitty ass randos mm-hmm. and having the worst time of your life. And it's made infinitely worse. Get it? Infinite. It's made infinitely worse this year by having to go get those goddamn ciphers. Oh, so bad. It is the absolute worst thing. They took an already bad event, and somehow, somehow, they found a way to make it worse. So hold on. Even after two, so I, I view it as I was already going to go do those things anyways. But I have a problem with the fact that the cipher drop rate, even after two buffs, is still so abysmal that I, I played for an hour and a half the other night. I had four cyphers drop in that hour and a half, and I played probably four or five crucible matches. I did at least 15 patrols, and I did three heroic public events. That is just, that's so unbelievably horrendous. Why am I not going to get some ciphers from the chests I open up at the end, you know? Why are there no daily bounties for me to go do to get these if you're really going to force me to get yet another consumable? Why can I not buy things with my candy? These are all questions I would like an answer to. What am I going to do with all this candy? candy? Like, I have so much candy. Chocolate strange coins, ciphers... Stop it! We don't need these many this many currencies for one lackluster event. I know, like it's so, it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I have all this candy now, but apparently yeah. I can't open these blue bags because they suck, and you have to save them for the purple bags. And it's just like, 
spooky grandma so sucks whenever whenever horror story came out right like the machine gun like that gun. dropped at max light right yep mm-hmm. it no it dropped it dropped it yeah God. it dropped it was it dropped at Ma- both that and braytech dropped at max light fully masterworked but the best part about it at the time is it didn't have a level restriction well i mean but all that aside like there was a there was a reason to finish, <laughs> like yeah. be like oh if, because like even, so, first off, I love you, Bungie, but sometimes it does feel like I'm in an abusive relationship <laughs> because, and I don't know how many times that I've you guys have heard me bitch about this, but I'm now in week like five or six of the same GD light level, which is two under the cap. Mm-hmm. Because when I do my pinnacle gear, it gives me stuff in the same slots. Yep. So I would love if there was something like that again, where it's just like, oh, and that'll slowly increase my grind or give me a chance yeah. to get that somewhere else. Give me and the like, menagerie back. Not, some, not, not only this, but when you open up those chests at the end, think I don't know how many events this is in a row where rewards drop at 750. They're, they don't drop at the appropriate light level. And every event, it's the same thing. Oh, we're looking into why this happened. This goes back to the whole playtesting. Why don't you try this out and see for yourself and maybe go, hmm, this keeps happening. What do we need to do on the back end to fix this? So the so, problem... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, nerd. The problem with this is is we've got two tiers of, of, of the player base now. We have the free players, and we mm-hmm. have the players who are invested at higher levels now i think this will even out when we have more things like game pass where people are getting all of the content Mm -hmm. uh and all of the new expansions uh when they release but i think the reason why we got those 750 drops is because players were able to jump into this right out of new light and so they didn't want to make it so that they would get a bunch of power boosts for that that's that's the way i saw it right and so i'm i'm okay ultimately with not getting the fully masterworked gun but i think dropping things to you that are appropriate to your light level make it like chests and other activities where okay maybe the item that you get is a couple light above where you are now for example uh, why, why could this not work like drops that i get in like legendary drops from the crucible or from gambit or finishing my weekly pinnacles like those drop to the appropriate level why do we keep having this problem in events i'm cool with things dropping for new light players but it should also be able to scale up to the people who play all the time. So a couple of things that I would have loved that they change about this. I would like something beyond the ship and the ghost and the sparrow. They're neat, but those are like, I would consider that like the freebie player content stuff, right? Yeah. I would have liked it if, depending on what level of the haunted forest you got to, determined how many chests at the end you got to open up. So, like, there's an incentive to do better. Whenever I was playing towards the end, and I think, uh, Bruce, you and I were at the same spot, I was like, I just want to sit here and AFK this so I can get to the chest at the end. Oh, I totally did that. Because it takes more time. It's the longest 15 minutes of my life. Because it's actually, like, 30. And it's it stinks. So I want I want a better incentive. Even if that incentive, it ain't, maybe it's not possible, but like there needs to be something either for the people that paid for the season or mm-hmm. just something in general. Give me something beyond that. 
and there needs to be an incentive for me to do better. Like I literally did patrols and then just ran through like five of those, like, or how many did I do? I don't know. Seven or eight like haunted forest runs. Like I just need an incentive to care because once I found out that I just buy the armor stuff with bright dust, it was just like, mm-hmm. well, I don't, I guess I'll, I guess I'll finish it so I can get like the, like finish out the triumph and everything. Yeah. But other than that, there was really no reason to play. And I wanted it over as fast as possible. I Don't get me wrong. I like that. The, this, this is an event similar to moments of triumph and, um, Solstice of Heroes, where you can actually get cosmetics from playing. It's just that the cosmetics here are so fucking bland because it's the generic ghost shell, it's the generic ship, and the generic sparrow, just with mummifyings on them, like toilet paper wraps. Yeah, toilet paper, basically. Like you're streaking through the air. Um, I think it would have been cooler to have maybe. I don't know, like, and I'm I'm nitpicking here here because I say this about every event, but take something that was in Eververse and put that out there, and then take like the little mummy crap and throw that in Eververse. If you really want to buy that, you can buy it there. But let us earn at least something cool. Maybe introduce an armor set for one of these events. Uh, I was saying this to Corey, like, um, and nerd, you might have been here for this too. Like, maybe after an armor set has been in Eververse, the next year when that event rolls around, you put that as random drops in the chests at the end of the Haunted Forest or mm-hmm. something, or whatever. Insert next year's event. Give an incentive for those of us who didn't want to spend $15 every single seasonal event on armor a chance yeah. to earn that then. Or give the give armor me a shirt. Yeah, this was my shirt from last well, year. Well, I was going to say, give me a shirt for finishing yeah. all of all 45 Cypher uh, chest that's, openings. That's what. So this, this was the easiest shirt I've ever earned in Destiny. I played for one day and earned this last year. All you had to do was earn Braytech Werewolf, and you could get the shirt, which I think is really cool. It's my favorite Destiny shirt. It's super soft. I wear it all the time, but... I don't get me wrong. I like there are things I like about this year's event. I am actually running it as opposed to last year. Last year I did enough to earn the shirt, and that was it. I didn't play beyond that. This yeah. year I find myself going in because I can get better. I can get random rolls on Horror Story and on Braytech. I like running 450 auto rifles, even though they're not the greatest in the world. Like I enjoy getting new rolls on those, so that is incentivizing me. But the drop rate on those also is abysmal. The shitty it's part really about bad. it. Is the curated role is really good. It is. No, Which it you is. get for, for getting... The, if you just get one copy of Braytech Werewolf <laughs> and Horror Story, you can pull the curated role from collections, and the curated yep. role is, is probably one of the best. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely is. Like there, there was Those guns <laughs> dominated for so long in content because they had great perks, and they were fully masterworked and full white level when they dropped. Like I, I've got... Braytech Werewolf to drop with Vorpal now. I'm like, okay, cool. Vorpal on any kind of SMG or auto rifle, I'm going to take that right away. Any kind of burst fire gun, give it to me. Like, that's, that's one of the best things you can ask for, for that extra damage boost. Especially in Crucible, but they took a few steps back, they took a few steps forward. They're kind of left where they were, just with different problems now. So And some of them are still the same. What I will say in their defense and i think that i mean it is this is what i'm gonna say is true like i i don't like i don't have any facts to back this up but it has to be is that once they push the release date back this is not the content we were supposed to get this year mm-hmm. because it, they're pulling this planet away right like mercury wouldn't have been there which is where the haunted forest is so there's and that would have been gone september 22nd which means that this is not 
the festival of the loss we would receive, which means that some poor intern was given the task <laughs> of putting together with, of existing assets yeah. a festival of the lost activity. And they're like, I don't know, do this. And they don't have the resources to put to make something else that wasn't already there other than rehash kind of the existing thing, which is why we probably didn't get a shirt, which is why we didn't get like some cool curated roll weapon or anything like that. Uh, they came up with a Nakris shirt in like two weeks. So like, I don't believe that. Give well, me a shirt. I don't know if that, that, that probably wasn't in two weeks. That's probably, that was in the existing timeline. It just came to be later. fair. I could come up with a shirt for us in like an hour, you know, I yeah. came up with a shirt right now. I doodled it on my pet. No, uh, but I don't know. It, I, like I get, I kind of get why it happens. I just, I almost wish that there was more of like a, uh, a, a narrative along with it. And I don't mean that with story driven. I wish they would have said like in the TWAB or something, like instead of being like, Hey, festival of the lost guys, blah, blah, blah. It would just be like, Hey, here's festival of the lost. Don't get your hopes up because like, this was not supposed to be the one that came out. Like I would, I just temper yeah. my expectation a little bit. I think that's a kind of a catch 22 also uh, for like those of us who want that. We understand the development timeline, but the majority of the player base is going to be like, well, you know, you, you delayed beyond light. You should have made festival of the lost better and more incentivized to this year and this and that. And I feel like the couple of physical or the couple of rewards you can get from spooky grandma were kind of an afterthought that were just tossed in. <laughs> As like, oh shit, we got to give them something to grind for. We got to give these hardcore players something so they don't rip our heads off. Uh, and you know what? I did it. I still did it. I did it. And that's the sad part. Yeah. I, no, no. I, I, and that's but... the thing. Like, we're sitting here complaining about this, and I know full well I'm probably going to finish this up in the next two and a half weeks. I spent $30 on the shaders for, or uh, on the ornaments for this year and last year, and I grinded every single one of those cipher. Uh, to be fair, the Warlock set this year is pretty fucking dope. They're all good. They're but all I also, good. Th those probably were also part of the original thing. I See, I, I would hope so, but knowing their track record with how they treat the, the Christmas and Halloween and spring events, I'm not inclined to agree with that, especially now that they've taken out the actual seasonal sets from Eververse. I think that the ones for the holiday events are going to stay in there. They, they got to get that money somehow. So you just look around. Whoever has it on day one, you know they spent 15 bucks on it, and you point and clap. And then, no shame. Then we no all shame. wait until like the last day so nobody notices that we bought it. I've got no shame. I'll spend it's, a day one. It's just yeah, like no, it's just like the actual right. Halloween. You could you could buy it in Target two weeks ago at full price, or you could wait until the day before Halloween <laughs> and get it for twenty five cents. It's the same. It's just like real life. So okay, uh, before we move on, any more uh, final thoughts on Festival of the Cost? Ooh, it's so it's, it's uh, Eva Levante. She's Italian. <laughs> how's that? How's that work? <laughs> You know, I don't know. I'll I'll see if I can find it in the lore for us. I I have my great grandmother was Italian. She came over on a boat, which I can't imagine. Uh, same same person. I, I swear they reincarnated her into the game. Ooh. Ooh. You apparently you can get enhancement prisms from those epic mystery grab bags. Uh, I guess uh, I know. Oh, I've got her umbral ingrams. I I just got one from one. I just opened it. God, I hate you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna blow through all of my stuff. Sorry. Right meow. I'm done. I'm done with Festival of the Lost. Yeah, I'm done as well. Hmm. Yeah. I played it for like what one night I think and I was like, eh, this sucks. 
This sucks. I get it. <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm not invested enough to, like, do the event. I want to go do, like, I have, like, maybe, what, two or three nights a week to, to game. I'm not going to go do an event that is shitty. You know, I'm going to go yeah. try to finish the rest of my weekly stuff for Pentacle stuff because my light level is probably significantly lower than everybody else's i'm at 1055 i think and it's like i gotta with the artifact or without without so i, I think i'm at like i don't know you're five below the you're right yeah you're right so that's fine uh, but you know all right guys we're gonna sucks. move on to the twab and to some raid deets before we get into some spin foil theories the twab uh, the twab, very light twab this week. Uh, again, kind of shocking. A couple weeks before a major expansion. Um, the twab, the raid, I meant to say. Uh, the Deepstone Crypt is going to launch on Saturday, November 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So 12 Central, 1 Eastern. As we were discussing earlier, uh, we are absolutely wanting to attempt this. So here are the world's first raid rules for this year. Uh, contest mode will cap all players at 20 power below each encounter for the first 24 hours. Artifact power will be disabled during contest mode. 1230 power is your team's goal to be at the cap for all the encounters. Being above 1230 will not provide any additional advantage in the final fight. Uh, so that's that's pretty interesting. Like I, I don't know if we've seen contest mode go that intense for a raid so far. Like they're really trying to limit the amount of people who are going to actually be in competition for that title to be like the absolute best of the best. Mm -hmm. Like your Dottos, your Glads, your Gathalians, uh, people like that. The people who have acquired titles before or come excruciatingly, painfully close like Dotto. Um, 170 points. Is that consistent with where we've been before for a, a, a new expansion? I can't uh, remember. Yeah, it's, it's usually 200. Okay. I could remember off the top of my head. Yeah, the ma so the max your gear can go up to for that season if it's from um, what's it called? Or excuse me, I guess it'll be a jump of 150 to 200. If it's something you acquired in Season of Dawn, I think it can go up 200 full points. Okay. Like that's what each armor piece and weapon is now capped at. Gotcha. So, um, the, they, they said, you know, they're going to wait to verify um the world's first uh they want to spend a little bit of extra time validating it uh so keep going hard if you hear rumors of their team's victory they'll do an award ceremony and of course send the championship belts out uh, and there is a really cool purple and white uh data looking emblem uh, kind of reminds me of the clovis bray logo in a way um the superimposed part on the purple at least for if you complete it in the first 24 hours uh, if you complete it within the first 10 days, you can get the raid jacket instead of having to complete it before the first reset. That's what I, that's where I'm aiming. Yeah, I, I also, and I do not say this sarcastically, want to spend $130 on a raid jacket. I um, would love to have that opportunity. I, I, I would like, I, I think... Spend ex extending that out to 10 days makes that a little bit more feasible, especially because it's going to be right around Thanksgiving time. Mm -hmm. uh, makes that a little bit easier for people. So if you complete it before uh, 9 a.m. Pacific on December 1st, you will get a code, and then you have the rest of the month to order it. And there is a, a really cool emblem for anybody who finishes. It kind of looks like a little uh, infinity symbol. It's almost the uh, 
it's the symbol from the notebook that comes in the collector's edition, just turned on its side. Um, so, kind of reminds me a little bit of a gambit symbol, almost. Go ahead. This is going to be a fallen raid? Is that what we've kind of established? <sighs> so, okay, yeah, let, let's get into some theories here. Let, let's let's discuss that, because I, I think contest mode is pretty abundantly clear, just, just by reading it. Um, it makes sense that it would be a fallen raid. If it's another taken raid, I'm probably going to scream. Uh, I don't think I, it'd be I, taken, right? Because I, I feel like they're taking, they're saving yeah. that for the Witch Queen, right? Like I feel like that's where that would. You come would in. hope, so. man. You would hope so at this or point. Or hive. Oh, God, man, another hive raid too. It's that's going to be a mixture of hive and taken. It's going to be taken gang all over again. Um, I think this is actually going to be a combo of fallen and vex. Uh, we've seen those are the two races that are established on the moon, and there's a pyramidian on them. There's a pyramidian there. We're obviously going down into the crypt. We don't know what we're going to fight. I mean, we could fight something completely new. There could be exo defenses down there. Uh, I mean, there could be some real wacky stuff. What if we had to fight exos to fight like guardians? That would be really, really cool to me. They already that introduced. Was... They did gambit mechanics in Garden of Salvation. Introduced some crucible into this. That's always been kind of an interesting concept for a raid, and I, I don't want to branch off from the potential of this new raid, but like. Fighting something that's not like this giant creature and fighting something that's more akin to like a guardian, something that's more humanoid in 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 like size and shape, which be which would be kind of awesome as a boss, I think. If they could figure out how to do it. So I was thinking about that. So that I think the big problem with that is just like hit hit markers. Like there's not enough physical space for six people to like attack that at one time, which is why sure. I think that they, they tend to be bigger in size. But, yeah, like, I, I I know that we haven't addressed this, but, like, I don't know. I would like to see, like, Aldrin make an appearance somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like I, like, I know that, I don't know, I don't think we would necessarily fight him to a certain degree, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It just feels very unresolved, and I think that like he like that's the that's the climax level of story that you would need with a character like him so far. And I guess he's already had one, but it's major majorly unresolved. Um, I think yeah. So Ultron, I think, is largely going to be kept out of the raid. I think they're going to restrict him to the Cosmodrome. Uh, my personal conspiracy theory is that he is the new light quest giver out there um they've just given him an ambiguous name and we'll realize that like part way through the campaign like oh, hey that's that's fucking aldrin uh i think this is going to be tied to the exo stranger though um especially because as we covered a few weeks ago in lore corner uh a lot of signs point to the exo stranger being anna bray's sister uh elsie and this could be where we finally find out the truth about that if we don't already find it out in the campaign so a little curious to see what happens here if if we actually kill Aramis in the campaign or if we have to finish her off uh, Oryx style in the raid. Uh, as we all remember, that was a pretty big criticism of Destiny 2 at launch was that you killed Gaul and that was it. You didn't fight him in a raid. You just dusted him with unlimited supers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think they're going to try to avoid that. I, I do think that it's going to be taken, but they're or not taken. They're going to be fallen but with stasis powers. Uh, we've already mm -hmm. seen that enemy races will gain powers of stasis this year, and if you haven't finished uh, Means to an End all the way, uh, spoiler alert, 
uh, we kind of get the indication that the darkness is going to reach out to everybody, not just to the guardian. You think you think that this is going to be a new house, like a like a rejected house of the fallen, and they're just consumed they've, by the darkness. They've been consu- yeah, they've been consolidated. Um, I believe they're now the house of dusk. Is what the remaining uh, bad fallen have allied with uh, under Aramis, and then Mithrax has established the house of light. Yeah. And he is its Kel. So uh, Varix will be back to some degree. We don't yes. know if he has a part to play in the role yet. Uh, I, need a, I need a numbskull statue of uh, Varix, yeah. please. I, I need Varix and Spider on his throne just next to each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, man. We, we could give so much more money to Bungie. Uh, so, yeah, what are some of y'all's thoughts, though? I, I don't want to keep ranting on my own. Hey, I... I... I've always loved going into a raid for the first time. I feel like it's the one moment where you get you get so used to your environment and where you are in Destiny because you keep visiting the same locations over and over and over again that when you when you start into a raid for the first time, it's like the one moment that you're like it feels so foreign and new. Um and it's so challenging that you have to like really explore it. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like the hidden chests. Like there's going to be hidden chests, which is always like an exciting thing. Like every time you're playing through, it's like, oh, do we know where the hidden chests are? So there's always a reason to explore the nooks and crannies. Yeah. So I I'm open minded with the raid. Also, I like don't le- care what it is. Yeah. Well, remember like remember the first time you like not that Leviathan is like a great raid or anything, but like. It was so different than anything else you saw in Destiny 2 up to that point, right? Like, it was just so different with all the gold and the purple and everything. And yeah. it, like, I was just like, man, this is like. <laughs> Things weren't falling apart in a raid for once. Yeah, or like Wrath of the Machine, or, you know, there, there's just so many different. St- like, it, it, also, like, I mean, even if you look at the Prophecy Dungeon, like, look how different that is compared to everything mm-hmm. else. Th- these. These end game kind of bigger events like the raids and the and the dungeons are like, I feel like it almost allows them to be creative and not pay attention to anything else they've done within the game. Almost, uh, that's yeah. I mean that's why I love the raids because they're just so different. They're so different. Yeah. So can I go? Can I go on a tangent here? Yes. Yes. There are three things that I really want from this new raid and. I, I first off, I want to commend Bungie for um, for season of arrivals for really, I think, introducing a lot of people to the raid scene. I think adding the raid mm-hmm. ring and adding that like raid challenge brought a lot of people into the raid scene that might not have been there before. So I think there's a lot um, a lot of opportunity here to really like just kick ass with this raid because you're gonna have a lot more people probably doing it than what you would have had before this season so number one the first thing that i want to see from this raid is i think colonel hinted on this and joe hinted on this uh uh is secrets i want to see like secret chests i want to see lore tie-ins that might not have been there or that we might not have expected i i really hope that there's a lot of story and a lot of hidden things that factor into this raid um, I want to be doing this for weeks and like finding all the little nooks and crannies where all the things are hidden uh, number two, I really hope that there are legendary uh, weapons to chase with this raid. Because, like, don't get me wrong, you know, Last Wish, Garden of Salvation, uh, Scourge of the Past, they all had really great exotics drop at the end. 
but I want like some legendary weapons to chase. And I don't think we've had a really good legendary to chase since, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but since like Leviathan, and, like, uh, threat level was the only one with one. Correct. Okay, so that's that's that is also yeah. a good point. Threat level and like Midnight Coup were the last really good raid legendaries that we had to chase, and so I really yeah. really want there to be like a bunch, not, maybe not a bunch, but a couple good uh, legendary weapons to chase, and I really hope uh, with this next raid that there are some flexibility with how you can approach it one thing that i really liked about leviathan and it's funny you brought it up Corey, was that you could do the encounters of leviathan sort of self-contained from the others you didn't have it wasn't a linear path you didn't have to go from one encounter straight to the next you could like each week it, like let's say your your raid group knew how to do gauntlet really well and you go into Leviathan on a gauntlet week. You go in there, you do that. You don't want to do dogs. You don't want to do baths. You just, all right, I'm done for the week. Give some flexibility to the... the he muted himself. He did. <laughs> do we do really bad, like, lip syncing? You're muted. <laughs> uh, now. <laughs> How long was I muted for? For about 20 <laughs> seconds. Okay. I was just saying, uh, those are the things that I'm looking for. I don't know what the last part you guys heard was, but uh, those are the things I'm looking for this raid, and I really just hope uh, that wasn't too long of an explanation. No, I, I agree. Like I, I really like the flexibility of, of mm-hmm. Leviathan and how... Because, like, I mean, you look at, I mean, I'm going to use the Destiny 1 raids because those are the ones I'm most familiar with at this point, uh, besides Leviathan. But, like, you just look at Taken King or Wrath or, you know, all, all of them, they, they, they're they so linear, like you said, nerd. And it's just, like, I like the flexibility where, like, it just, it's kind of like this open place with, like, secret paths to go to the next thing without having to do the, the part in the middle and... Uh, of Leviathan and like I, I hope that there's some freedom and, and maybe not necessarily switch them up each week but like maybe you have an encounter that you would like to do first and like you just do that encounter first every week just to get it over with or you know maybe you find these ones easier to do so you do the hardest one first because like this one this encounter sucks let's just get it over with so we can go do the easier ones after this you know and I really like that idea you know what would be kind of neat? Do you, uh, Corey, you, I think everyone probably would. Do you remember playing the original, like, The Legend of Zelda? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I would say one of the first open world games. Mm-hmm. It would be neat if you could do a raid where you had to collect, like, three or four bits of a key to get mm-hmm. to the last door. Mm-hmm. And like that's how the raid was is almost like a labyrinth where you could or a maze where it's like you can go in any order as long as you get each like complete each little thing and mm-hmm. then like the way that you get to the next one so eventually there would be the efficiency route of like oh if we do this one this one this one then this one it's the fastest path through to the end yeah like I don't know I want I guess I wish I was I want something like that 
I, 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 more, like a mini game in within a game. I, yeah. I think doing something like that also makes it a bit more accessible to those who are really timid about raiding until this season. This season has drawn in so many new people, and I'm not saying that we need to cater to everybody who came in, because obviously with a raid, there is still a level of expectation. There is still a level of challenge. Uh, Crown of Sorrow is still challenging a year later. Because it's so mechanic heavy, like we may be 300 light above, that that rate is still really, really challenging. When you get the deception and you get the Galran, that's still rough. Last wish is still rough. Uh, Scourge of the past, Scourge of the past is a joke. Um, Garden of Salvation has not gotten any easier this year. Like it, it's still so much about puzzle work and teamwork. Like killing the enemies is the easy part in these games and these raids. Mm -hmm. It's the actual puzzles and mechanic building that. I think is definitely a challenge and doing something like that where you could choose your encounter or choose the order you want to do them in, I think would be something so out of left field that no one would expect it. The problem I think when we do something like that, as much as I want it is then you have, uh, you have two emerging factions. You have the ones who expect it to be there every single raid, which I think would be detrimental to what a raid is meant to be, honestly. Agreed. And then you have the other faction who is screaming that the sky is falling and we're catering to casual players. We're not catering to like the 5% of us. This is the only, this is the main game that we play. We stream it. We build content around it. Like you already see such a stark contrast in people like that on Twitter and on Reddit regarding this game. And that gap has only grown since New Light came out. I, I've seen so many threads about people being like, oh, I just got it on Game Pass. Like, I see that Forsaken and Shadowkeeper are part of this. How the hell do I even start these campaigns? Like, he doesn't tell me where to start the story or anything. And Corey and I have both said it multiple times. Like, we've told people, like, just wait. Don't play anything until Beyond Light is out. Start it then. There'll be a new New Light experience for you to play and for you to do. It'll introduce you to all the mechanics. And with raids, I do think there is an inherent part of this of, okay, cool, we're, we're going to make this a little bit easier for you. We're going to make this successful for everyone, but this is an endgame activity. Put on your big boy pants and come do it. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. But let's not make this as linear. I definitely agree. I, I think I really want to uh, touch on a point that you said there. I think now is the time to make a raid that is a good entry point for people into... Mm -hmm. The series. Uh, I think this is a time where you are going to have an uh, an audience that's starting the game and is going to have access to almost all of the content uh, right out of the gate. And this will this will probably be the last. I, I don't want to say the last time they'll have that, but the first certainly it's the first time that they'll have that. And as somebody who's been a content creator uh, for Destiny uh, and somebody who would consider myself, so, you know, a mid tier kind of sweaty player. I think, you know, I'm willing to concede this raid to something that is more accessible for newer players if it means bolstering the, the player base. I mean, we're going to have this expansion for a while. We, we're going to see, you know, dungeons. We're going to see other raid content released. I think this should be a raid that caters to people who are coming to Destiny for the first time. I don't think that necessarily means we have to make it easy, but I think it definitely means that we should make it a good entry point for them in some way, whatever that is. I, at one, agree and disagree with you on that. I do agree that we should make this more accessible. This is the perfect time to do it. I disagree that it should be this particular raid, though. Um, okay. I think the Deepstone Crypt holds just so much significance for long-time players and 
people who love reading the lore and reading about this universe. Like, this is a mystery we've literally been waiting for for years and years at this point. Um, this is something I, be- I did not expect this this fall. Uh, I was one of those who bought into the theory that what Cade says in the Ace of Spades mission, that it, it's on Enceladus. I took that and ran with it with the rest of the lore community. We're like, oh my god, it's actually on Europa. This changes everything for this fall. Um, what if- I think the... I think the raid once uh, let me get this out and then I'll I'll seed the floor. I think the raid that you do that with to make it accessible for everyone is we go back to the OG when Vault of Glass is reintroduced. You Destiny two apply it, but that is still to this day. I think that is the perfect raid to introduce people to raid style mechanics. And with so many more mechanics that we see in endgame activities being brought into not even just dungeons into public events and into seasonal events now, I think. That is training a new level of Guardians. I think that's why people became so comfortable with doing it this year. And it was the extra loot. It was absolutely the extra loot also. Like, that's the other thing Bungie's got to take away from this. But y'all go. Go. Do you, I mean, do you think they're ever going to introduce something that, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen introduced where, like, you can kind of jump into, like, quote-unquote easy versions of raids just to experience them and not have the hardcore raid? You know, I mean, not not that that's like a something that Destiny needs. I was just I was thinking about that the other day because I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm like, I wonder if they would ever do that for Destiny, especially for raids that are like older. You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily the newest raid, but like you know, maybe one or two raids behind. They just oh, here's a oh, you know, an easy mode so you can experience what a raid is like or whatever. I think that should be a thing that happens, but it should be a full year later. Just um, I think if you, if you want to experience it in year one, you've got to get the light level up. You've got to get a team together. You've got to have the skills to do it. After that year, if you want to experience it just for the story, just for the lore, uh, maybe get like half the amount of chests or something. Like, you no chance or, to get or, the raid or, exotic. Yeah, like there's like no like secret chests or exotics yeah. or anything. Because I think, I think you take away the appealing part of exploring that yeah. and like getting so, the cool stuff but like if you just want to experience the raid and the story and stuff because like again you look at the taken king like the taken king story wraps up in the in king's fall right like that's mm-hmm. the, like you don't get the full story unless you complete that raid and and i i just i don't know so it, this i think this opens up an interesting question and and i don't want to go too far off topic because i know we're, we're we're trying to focus on we were trying to focus on the new raid um but what what would make a raid easy in destiny so like I, and I, yeah. I let that be an open question to everybody here what would make a raid easy in destiny i mean um, if you if you look at something like vault of glass where it's basically a a a DPS raid, basically, like you just make it easier to kill the enemies and take down the bosses. I guess uh, maybe you make the timers on the on the the things you just stand on. Maybe you make those shorter. Mm-hmm. Maybe you make less enemies come out at you from those tunnels while you're standing on there. You know, like so- something like that. Almost like a almost make you feel like you're overpowered for the raid. Almost, I guess. I- yeah, I'm, I'm going to answer that with a breakdown of like Scourge of the Past, for example. I think that's a really good... that For me, that's the perfect intro raid for a new player. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, when you're trying to... 
uh, when you're reading the map in the first encounter and you're taking your sparrows all over the place, um, I t- I was taking a group through who pretty clearly like two of two or three of us had done it and they were really experienced it the other three said they were but really had no clue what was going on even with some of the mechanics or how you know to follow directions um maybe instead of having to dunk those balls like eight times you have to do it just four times um or it's, and it's designed to where like oh you you're running them together so you're all learning the directions in the different spots or for example um like you're just dunking it at each of the four locations um you get a little bit farther into it maybe the sparrow race is less punishing like the 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 giant servitor is like 10 more seconds behind you so you have time to learn where those jumps are and hey you can spot things to be like oh what are those like those buttons like oh what are those i guess i'll find out in the actual raid uh they don't do anything right now like you drive by and a message pops up like uh i don't know like uh you press a button and it does nothing or something in your little like a text box over off to the left um you get to where you're running in the undercroft and you're trying to summon the tanks for the first time. Maybe instead of having to do that two or three times, you only have to do it once. So you're teaching the people above and below. And then on the last one for insurrection, I don't know, maybe you set the dunk them once and it's a longer DPS phase or something like there are ways to do it. But with some of these encounters, I definitely agree. Like, I don't know how you possibly make an easy mode out of them. Um, I think the raids as they exist are meant to be normal, like easy to normal. And I would like to see a return of prestige mode for raids personally. Yeah. Uh, that was something that was overwhelmingly positively received in destiny one. And then they did it for the year one raids and we haven't had prestige since also the rewards sucked in prestige mode for the raids. They actually did it for in destiny two. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I, like to see a return of that for so that way you're rewarding you're you're letting the normal players have the normal raid. You're letting the hardcores have the high mode. You're letting the guardians maybe even like do the guided the guided games for raids. Maybe that's the easy mode so that your Sherpa is in there deliberately teaching you how to do the encounters and it's not just hey just piggyback with us and three of us will carry you through it. Like not gonna work that way. You're actually gonna be forced to do it. Like everyone has to try the mechanic to advance or something. I don't know. I think that when you look at making a raid easier, if that's the goal, I think it's all around tolerance. Meaning, like, I think shortening timers, I think that even, like, there's no 30-second timer before I can be rezzed. So, like, maybe we don't have those darkness zones. I would argue that, again, if you want, like, I would say you have crafted as, like, a story mode. Uh, and, like, maybe, maybe you eliminate most of the mechanics and just make it like, Hey, you have to go through, kill these ads, kill the ads here, kill ads here, DPS, the boss. And like that type of thing, like, and like really eliminate keep the jumping puzzle. Jumping puzzles are fine. Um, and you eliminate most of the mechanics with it. But I also agree that, you know, like maybe you don't get all the rewards. You can't get the exotics. You can't get like, like the raid specific loot. It's again, it's just a story mode to experience it. Um, I think that that would be beneficial, and I I don't agree with keeping something exclusive or like it, it's already hard, right? The the people that are the content creators, the people that live, breathe Destiny, try to do the solo flawless. They try to do the flawless mode. They try like there's all these other challenges that they try to create for themselves and do mm-hmm. that 
having other people being able to experience the raid at a low level and not get any of the rewards is not taking anything away from you. It's not. Like, let let these people experiencing it and let them get that bug. It's like, I want... I've done this. I want to see what, what the next level up is. I want to... Like, let them get involved. Um, I don't agree with keeping things exclusive or secrets from people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not beneficial and then they're still going to watch the guides that they create on how to beat the things in the modes that they are i don't know that's that's me personally i just remember the first time i played a a raid which was far too late in my destiny career and i was like almost even now i'm almost embarrassed sometimes it's like i haven't played this raid uh and i love the game because i i haven't been able to get a group together i haven't been able to invest the time into it or anything like that it, it stinks. Um, and it's so... Every time I play a raid and I finish it, and I'm like, man, I really wish I would have got into this sooner. But it seems mm-hmm. intimidating at first. They need to limit that intimidation factor of it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. That's my two cents. Yeah, I mean... I I don't really know how they would make it easier, though, to get people into it. Like, the it's got to be six people and it's got to be six people who know how to communicate. And it's got to be six people who know how each other plays. I feel like at least to an extent, you know, I, I think the six people is the true barrier. Yeah, it really is. And, well, I, think, and I think that's why the dungeons have been such a great thing. Yeah. That's what because I was going to say. You have to have three people. It's, I don't want to say they're like baby's first raids, but they are excellent appetizers for raids like i've had friends who have gone in they've never done a raid but they did the dungeon because oh we only have to have three people let's go run the dungeon They're like oh my god that was really cool i want to lfg and get three more people in here i want to go do a raid now mm-hmm. well not just that but some of the best weapons that have come out in the game have come out from dungeons yeah uh, i mean yeah prophecy is the absolute best place for drops right now well in the game. not just prophecy think about whisper that was a dungeon so great. like yeah. uh parts for it is Zanagi's burden uh, took yeah. place in the dungeon? I mean, you you could you could probably sus, uh, subsist. Sorry, I can't speak. Subsist as a Destiny player without having to ever do a raid and just focus on dungeons. You you definitely can, and I think I think that's one of the good things they did with Forsaken coming in was you know we got Whisper right before that as a teaser. You got Outbreak. You got the bad Juju mission. Uh, Wish Ender is tied to doing. Uh, Shattered Throne twice, uh, Xenophage obviously with Pit of Heresy. I mean, there there's so many excellent exotics that have come out of those, and it's not like oh my god, if you don't have an exotic from the from the uh, actual raids, like you're completely screwed. Like Legend of Acrius is nothing to write home about. One Thousand Voices is still pretty good. The drop rate is still abysmal. Anarchy, oh I can see Anarchy is really good. Terrible. I mean, Whisper was definitely the, a barrier for a while. If you didn't, well, have I, I guess I'm, t- I'm talking like actual raid exotics. Oh, like okay. I, I'm getting around to your point where you're getting better loot out of the three man activities than you are out of the raids. Ultimately, in Destiny Two, yeah. the only two that I would be like, yeah, these are like absolute like you want to have these in your arsenal are Anarchy and Divinity. Um, and Divinity is that Divinity is exactly handled exactly how raid exotics need to be handled going forward. It's a quest that you start before the dun- before the raid. You have to do some prep work, and then you have to do specific objectives inside. Like we were talking, secrets that are hidden. That's how you do a raid exotic. You reward those players that want to hunt down every little thing, mm-hmm. and you give them one of the best weapons in the game. 
What was what was the uh, what was the outbreak version in the first Destiny? Uh, outbreak what? Outbreak Prime. Outbreak that which yeah. which had ties into Wrath of the Machine, didn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean that that was I I never did it. Uh, full disclosure, but I I watched a guide. That was one of the coolest uh, raid exotic quests. Or not raid uh, exotic quests that you could yeah. do. There was just so many elements to it, uh, from like mathematics and like working as a team to like going to the raid and doing that. Stuff. I think that's that and super stimulant were just masterclass in how to do exotic quests in Destiny mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sure beats opening up a million nodes on Mars to get it. <laughs> just. <sighs> yeah i can't i can't if i if i have to open up another node i'm throwing my series x out the window i'll do that and then i'll right, get it i'll and... be out that window and i'll catch it <laughs> he'll catch it like a baby and run away yep that's exactly uh, what's gonna happen yeah. uh do we have any more thoughts uh, or speculations on what this raid will entail? I know we got kind of got away and got into mechanics more. Anything else that we would like to see with uh, this raid or any, I guess, any other raids coming up uh, this year? Changes to Vault of Glass, etc. Before we get into our last raid topic tonight, which I'm going to try to make go really fast. Uh, vault. What I mean, Vault, how, how would you... Vault's going to be so different because of all the uh, the super changes, first of all. Like... It, it's just going to be different. I mean, I, I guess the Titan still has a bubble, but it's not as effective as you would probably like it. There's no self throw a bubble, the... th- Throw a bubble, throw two well of radiances down, have a hunter shoot it with tether, go up and dark drinker that motherfucker. Yeah. Boom. Well, Atheon off the cliff. So, okay, so here's a question, and, and, and this is an interesting group of people here because all of you guys have done Vault, right? Mm-hmm. I have not. As oh. I actually have never, I've never done Vault. Uh, I actually didn't raid in Destiny One at all. Oh. Um, I came to it very late. Um, but the uh, as a Destiny Two player, primarily going back to Vault, I would want to feel really powerful. So, like, I think it, I think it would be cool to just like bring it back, kind of exactly as it was. And let's just let's just annihilate it as a raid. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Like, let's just go into it with all the power, all the weapons, all the new supers that we have, and let's just destroy it. How do you guys feel about that? Um, I think they're going to handle that kind of like how we were just talking about. Like, it's I do think it's going to be a little bit easier to handle than Deepstone Crypt when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll still be at the appropriate light level, but I think that it is going to largely mechanically be the same. Luke Smith has said, hey, we're going to introduce some things. Like, there there might be, uh, there's going to be some champions in there and whatnot. Uh, champions in the maze just terrifies me oh, when thinking about it. You think about, um, you think about running through that like the the underpass in the in the maze and there's a champion right there and set it like oh God, to, to avoid I'm, the I'm course. Terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. Um, I, th- I think that that is going to be a little bit on the easier side, though. Like, as you get these reprised raids, there's a growing contingent within the community that is spamming Bungie with requests to bring Crota's End back as a three-man uh, dungeon instead of a raid. I mean, that's be so pathetically easy. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see that personally. There's almost no reason why that needs to be a six-man raid, frankly. Um, looking at that, that looks like a prototype dungeon in terms of length and encounters. Yeah, it doesn't take very long either. No, no. Like, things like your... And even, like, Vault of Glass... Like, it's been a couple years since I did Vault, but I think even Vault could almost teeter on that. 
Last Wish and Wrath, though, are ones that you're like, yeah, these are raids. These suckers are long. Wrath is rough. Yeah, that's yeah. you have the because I mean you have the opening encounters, you have the death Zamboni, and then you're running <laughs> through you're running through the Matrix before you get to Axis. God, so. The death Zamboni was the worst. It was so it was the worst. Remember, remember before they patched it where you could kind of just like jump around the wall and just avoid that whole encounter whatsoever. Uh, I do not. I did. I actually did not do my first attempt on Wrath until about a month before Destiny Two came out. Oh, really? There's, I took like they, two full years off of Destiny. There was a. There is like with the Death Zamboni, like you had to sit there and wait until like it got a certain way, and like you could like jump over the wall or whatever. There was this little plat. There was like this little invisible platform that instead of fighting all the guys and moving forward, you could just jump around the wall. And get to the next encounter without ever doing the death ceremony part. Oh, good old destiny and its cheeses. Oh, I know it was so awesome. And, <laughs> th- and then we tried to do it, and we didn't. We didn't realize they had patched it. This was like this was like two months after the raid had come out, and we were trying to. If we tried to cheese it, and we all fell to our deaths because they <laughs> patched it. So it was awesome. It was hilarious. It was hilariously bad, but it was. I awesome. remember. In the Crota going up and climbing the wall until all the ads disappear. Like you go outside of the map at the very yep. top mm-hmm. and then they all go away and then you can just like take your time. You well, you just like snipe. we stayed up there. As, yeah, we stayed up there as sniper support and uh, we'd send the warlock over with the, uh, the sword, sword jump. Mm-hmm. Man, I like I but I, like I like that. Like I I think that's fine. And like I don't know. I I like everything kind of the way. I just say Destiny or Bungie do whatever you think is best, and then let's just consume it. There's no reason to be upset. You don't have to play it. You can always go back and put in D1 and suffer through that game if you want to play the original Vault. No, I was like, I put in Destiny 1 probably like, what, six or eight months ago because I wanted to see what my Xbox character was like. And like it's bad. And. Dude, I went and played some missions. I was like, oh, God, you can't even, like, pull yourself up on these ledges when you yeah, miss the jump. It's hard, to go, it's, you, it's hard you, to go back. You want to talk about justification for not needing a new engine? That's the same one. Yeah. And, like, it is real bad, real rough. Yeah. Uh, bring back Hung Jury with Triple Tap and Firefly, please. Thanks. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, should we move on to our last raid-related topic for tonight? Let's yeah, let's, let's try do it. this really quick. So we uh, we kind of impromptu decided to do this. We were going to hold it until closer to the raid, but I don't think we'll have time to get to it before Deepstone Crypt. Uh, the ranking of the Destiny franchise raids. Um, of course, we've completed most of them. I think all of us have completed the vast majority of them. Um, even though current or uh, nerd said that he did not raid at all in Destiny One, you've at least seen the raid videos, correct? Like you know what happens in them roughly. You've seen some of the design oh, choices. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're we're gonna do, we're gonna do this then. Uh, we're gonna rank all the raids real quickly here. Um, if in case anybody needs a refresher, there were four raids in Destiny One. <clears throat> you had Vault of Glass, Crota's End. Uh, King's Fall and the Wrath of the Machine, and then in Destiny Two, I don't even know what number we're up to now, but you have Leviathan, uh, Eater of Worlds, Spire of Stars, Last Wish, Scourge of the Past, Crown of Sorrow, and the Garden of Salvation. Um, 
I counted seven, seven there. Okay, so we have eleven raids total. Uh, what is ever? We're gonna start last and work our way up to the top. Uh, what is everybody's last place raid? Eater of Worlds. I concur. I'm I'm gonna go with you guys because I haven't done uh, most of these. Yeah, I'm also gonna go Eater of Worlds. Eater of Worlds feels shorter than a dungeon, frankly, um, and it's just it's basically one encounter. That- that was the one of the raid layers, right, from Leviathan. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's it's so. I mean, that makes sense. Like I, I've said, like I think that missions like Whisper and Outbreak should be considered your dungeons, your Pit of Heresy, and your Prophecy should be raid layers, and then everything else should be a raid. It um, also should be noted that that's part of the Curse of Osiris pack. <laughs> yeah, God, dude, it just gets worse. <laughs> yikes. It gets worse and worse. Yeah, big, big yikes in the chat. Um, the only okay. good thing about Curse of Osiris was the the Vault of Glass cutscene at the beginning. <laughs> it's the only good thing that came out of that experience. That's true. I, I, I think, so I think, I think we're all in agreement that is the worst raid in the franchise. I have a feeling I know what number 10 is. Let's all say it together. It's Spire of Stars. Yeah. No! Oh my god, What what is lower Wait. than Spire of Stars for you? <sighs> I gotta think about it, but so I like Spire. I, I thought it was no, that's the thing. I like Spire, but it's the next weakest raid. With, without me being biased, because otherwise, lore, Crown of Sorrow from a lore down. standpoint, yes. From a where, uh, but from a mechanical standpoint, I feel like it is. You chuck balls. Of, you chuck balls the whole time. That's what you no, do. No, but but okay. Uh, all right, I I'm gonna go to bat for Spire of Stars here, and I've only done it a couple of times, so maybe, maybe for those people who have it on, you know, farm status, it's, it's, it's a different story, but Spire of Stars is, it was intimidating because of all of the mechanics. I think that there's a great flow uh, that that raid has that others do not, Um, and, and it's one of those that, like, if you know how to do it, it's it's flawless like you can go in there you you've got the people on the plates and you got to got to make the call outs it's one of those where like as long as you know the mechanics there's very little that could go wrong um i don't know i like it i think i think it was a it was a good raid layer i don't know i don't know if it's a number 10 i don't know if it is either but i also don't know what i would put below it other than eater of worlds yeah crown of sorrow sucks uh, I'm going to be honest. Crown of Sorrow is uh, is number nine for me. I'm going to yeah. be completely biased here. From everything I've heard about Crown uh, of Sorrow, I just feel like everybody just kind of hates it. Like fuck Galran, fuck Galran, man. That's, that's all Galran. I have to say. Fuck so I don't like I. Okay, so I don't like any raid where you're partitioned off, like, f- and, and into very small groups. Uh, for a long period of time and in that raid you spend almost the entire raid in groups of two um and 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 it's not like oh i'm just on this side of the room with those people like there's a whole fight in that raid where you are completely walled off from everyone else i don't know i think for me crown sorrows number 10 maybe aspire of stars can be number nine i mean you can make an argument for that but i don't know i think you can uh i've got i've got crown of sorrow at number nine though currently joe what about you yeah i probably would agree i think i would put crown of sorrow next i feel like it was more visually interesting Mm -hmm. 
which would make it slightly higher than uh, Spire of Stars. But again, like I, I, I will say that ultimately I enjoyed. I guess this is. I just want to prevent the argument like that i've enjoyed every raid that i've done no no absolutely agree absolutely agree this is just good spirited fun here um yeah i would say yeah i would say crown of sorrow would be next based on the existing list but i also would say that i think all of d1 raids are probably they're like in the top of my raid list but i i can't tell if that's realistic or if that's nostalgia no that's nostalgia it's nostalgia I've got you don't know. I don't know. I I mean not to get too ahead of ourselves. I still think King's Fall is like one of the best things I've ever played in video games ever. <clears throat> King's Great. Fall has I, I will the give you the soapbox when we get to King's Fall's placing. Okay. I, I will I will cede the floor to you, my friend. Uh number eight. So go going on up, um I think my next one is probably the original Leviathan. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, man, I wish I, I wish I knew more about the Destiny Two raids in terms I of think... just like playing oh, them, but it's just like I I don't know when we when we first played the Viathan, I was like, man, this is worse than anything I played in Destiny One. Like, really? It, yeah, I I even even almost Crota to an extent. Like Crota was like fast, but at least it was like. Crota was fun. Crota's the first thing I ever ran multiple times in a week. Yeah. I just... I, I sat on bated breath waiting for Reset to do Crota every week. I don't know if I would put Leviathan below Crota, but it would be close. Mm-hmm. Man, I... This... I might be... I feel like I'm gonna get flack for this just based on... Do it! Do it! This is your personal ranking. I don't like Scourge of the Past. That's fair. That's completely fair. See, I, I would, when we ran it, I loved it. Like when I, we were, I agree. I, I had I fun. It. I like playing with the group of people. But if I was going to pick the same group of people to play any other raid, I it would not pop into my head. I'd be like, oh, I want to play that again. I feel like, I, going back to the earlier conversation, I feel like for someone who hasn't raided in a long time, mm-hmm. like Scourge of the Past was like the perfect raid to get me back, mm-hmm. get my raid feet back under me to go do something harder. You That's know. why I maintain it's the perfect starter rate, and I really wish they weren't taking it out of the game. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, think- I have Leviathan down there. I really like the raid layout and the design of it, like we've already covered a lot tonight. Um, I just still, like, three years in, some of those encounters are still just so tedious to do. I still don't like dogs. Oh, I, it dogs sucks. isn't nearly as bad anymore. Nobody likes dogs. If you say you like dogs, you're a dirty liar, and that person is not to be trusted. I uh, do love Gauntlet, though. Gauntlet yeah. is great. I mm-hmm. love being a runner on Gauntlet. I love putting my Dune Marchers on on the Titan and just sprinting through. I'm going to put a... a I'm going to say one here that I think is it hasn't been said yet. And, and I, full disclosure, I haven't done this raid. This is the one raid in Destiny 2 I have not done. I'm going to put Garden of Salvation down here. Oof. Oof. And okay. here's here's no, no, why. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Here's why. I've I've watched videos. I've watched people do it. It just seems really boring to me. And the 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 boss fight seems really hard. 
compared to the rest of the race. It's hard as shit. And it recycles a lot of mechanics uh, from other... From Gambit. From Gambit. (laughs) You're dunking moats. I I don't know. I'm sorry. It's... I, okay, sure. They brought in a new mechanic with the tethering and stuff, and that's cool. But no, like, it's I don't know. The tethering. Is I don't terrible. know. Guard of Salvation guard to of me salvation. just doesn't sound like a lot of fun, and I think that's why I haven't done it yet. That's that's fair. Um, I I definitely had the same thoughts as you until I did it for the first time, and I was like, man, some of the the mechanics in this, like how you use the Vex portals in one of the encounters, uh, you literally have to chase a gigantic harpy, like things like that are really fun to me, and I think. The, the nooks and crannies, the secrets you have to find in order to do the divinity puzzles, and especially the divinity puzzles, are just top-notch. And that that's why this raid ranks really high for me, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think once you do it and you start unlocking the secrets of it, you're like, damn, that last boss fight sucks, but it's also really creative. Like, you have to have builders remaking the, bo- the fighting platform on. You gotta have your best collectors and your best reapers getting the modes. It's I don't know. Like, I really like Gambit, though, so it was a fun encounter for me once I did it with the right people. And that's it was fair. also, like, right when Gambit Prime came out, so that it's, oh, like, okay. it's very topical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it fair. was like, it was like maybe three four months after I think. Uh, Side tangent. Can I just can I just say that like I appreciate when like they introduce minor raid mechanics in the world before you yes. know yeah. their raid mechanics. Yeah. That's yeah. something they've definitely gotten better about with, with Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. Destiny One. That was one I of the big like complaints. Well. Uh, and even it's funny. Some of the mechanics we did in Destiny One and raids are now in the public events and in seasonal events now so i really like that um my number seven though if, if we're all ready to move on from number eight uh number seven i've got scourge of the past hmm. it's a good spot for it. Mm-hmm. it it's not good it's not bad now i, I want to clarify like things that i have from like five five six seven and maybe eight i think are all kind of interchangeable uh on any given day depending on how i feel like we're getting to the point where everything's gonna be kind of close for me I'm getting um, to the point where I can start contributing to this conversation in a real way. <laughs> yeah, Scourge of the Past. I love. I love the. I love the first encounter. I love the Sparrow race so much, and fighting a giant mech is just a blast. That's a really cool, unique encounter. And so, again, mini mechs are going to be enemies in Beyond Light. I'm really excited for this. My one gripe with Scourge of the Past, and unfortunately, my one gripe with it is that. Maybe the best part of it is the Sparrow chase. <laughs> um, it, like, Destiny raids generally follow the same pattern, where, like, your first encounter, you get a very basic concept, and then the next encounter, you get a little bit, or a, maybe another concept. And it all builds to the final battle, which is, like, this culmination of all the different concepts you've learned through the raid. The Sparrow chase just doesn't fit for me. It doesn't. It doesn't. I match. love it though. And, it's so oh, stupid. No, it's, it's, it's funny. It's a blast. Like, don't get me wrong. Every time I do it, and and it's 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 a hilarious like thirty five minutes because that's how long it normally takes with like a, a a random group of people. But it just doesn't fit the rest of the raid. I don't know. I it will you're right or break your raid team. Yeah. Yeah. Y- 
You're right. They, they, they they had that is the encounter where friendships are tested. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. Like, it doesn't fit anything in the rest of that raid, but it's still really fucking it's fun. <laughs> uh, does I... anybody have a different choice than Scourge for uh, for number seven? Uh, I... Joe, I think you put Scourge at number eight. So what do you got at number seven? I would put Crown there. Okay. I, I was going to put Crota here. Just because, like, I mean, this this Shit, we're, I forgot we still had Crota. Damn, we're, I mean, we're we're in the in the raids that I have done now, so like, yeah. I mean, Crota would be like, man, that raid is like, I don't know, I, it's just dumb. Like, it, it was fine. Like the, and to, like when you figure it out, that raid can be run in what twenty minutes, maybe. Yeah, you can run it in. Yeah, yeah. real well. Oh, uh, do you remember they were doing they, that? That brought back the router lag thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unplugging the Ethernet cable and plugging it back in. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. freeze, and you could just finish them off. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I definitely think that my next spot, though, number six. Uh, this is probably a little bit too high, and this is where the nostalgia juice is kicking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Crota at number six. Mm-hmm. I would concur with that. I think Crota should definitely be lower, but I can't bring myself to put it lower because it's that's where I fell in love with raiding in Destiny. Vault of Glass was unlike anything I'd done, but Crota was the first one that I was like, I'm doing this every single week, regardless. Yeah. I'll defer to you guys since I've never done it. I'm gonna at number six. I'm gonna put probably Leviathan at number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's real close to that last spot for me though, but it's just like. I don't know. Like it was, it was cool to go in there the first time, but it's just like, man. After yeah. you run it a couple times, and you're like, man, dog sucks. Oh man, somebody didn't uh, with the that enc- the bath encounter. Like somebody didn't hit the thing just at the right time, so you, we all have to wipe and start over. Uh, you know, it's just and, and then like the the barriers when you're in the other realm in the final battle or whatever and like still a pain still a pain like you just kind of like glitch through it whatever okay well that sucks we have to wipe because your raid is broken like (laughs) this is uh i i will i will forever love crota um for the sword mechanics it introduced yeah Uh, we used them once in a story mission before that but that was the first one where it was like okay at the bridge like everyone can get a sword if they want to and at the end, like, oh, you gotta pick a sword bearer, but it can't be your guy with Gallarhorn. And, you guys and doing light strikes or heavy strikes? Which one are you doing? Oh, dude, heavy. It's, <laughs> always, it's always heavy. It's always heavy on Crota, baby. I mean, always. it was... We would ju- we would all just stand up there with Gallarhorn and shoot him and have one sword guy when we did it. So, we would have one sword guy, but they were all... I remember the group I started raiding with. They were the same ones who did Vault with us, and a couple months later got a hold of someone. Like, hey, man, we're gonna attempt Crota for the first time. You guys wanna come? The only catch is one of you has to have a Gallarhorn because none of us has it. And I was the only one with it. They're like, awesome. They said, we also need somebody to be a hunter because none of us is a hunter and the hunter needs to be a sword bearer. I was like, I'm a hunter too. They're like, wait, you're a hunter and you have Gallarhorn? You're going to have to drop the sword, shoot him, pick the sword up, go back and sword him. They're like, basically, you're going to have to help basically solo Crota. Have fun. <laughs> so the one thing I would say that I love that Crota did is the music change yes. that happened when you got the sword and like he's frozen and it was like triumphant? Like mm-hmm. I 
fucking love that. Is there anything more terrifying in a Destiny raid than Crota running from side to side at you and you no. having to hole up in the spawn room? <laughs> there was always a moment in cr- that that raid specifically, like especially once we started like it's so doing, like memeable. yeah, you you would just always like I'm hiding somewhere. <laughs> Try, trying to kill the Death Singers uh, when you first get in there. It's running down the hall. The Shrieker hallway is so great. I do uh, want to say that scout rifle that was in there. I used it for a long time. What was it? Fang of Your Ute or something? Saw. Uh, I used Song of Your Ute, uh, the machine gun, mm-hmm. for a lot longer than I care to admit. Yeah, but uh, the lamp part at the beginning, Black Hammer. The uh, lamp part. The was... lamps is awesome. I, you could you solo that. You could do like you could get the first two chests like real easy if that little light uh, was on. We used the cheese up the ledge after the first lamp. Yeah. Uh, oh, if you yeah, if you can get ex- you could explode it and get shot up top. Uh, it was great. That so much, so many good things from that raid. Uh, so it rings high because of the nostalgia factor, and I really truly do hope this comes back as a three man dungeon. It will. I would just love to see the insanity. Uh, if we're ready to move on, Nerd, do you have anything else to add for number nope. six? Nope. Okay. Uh, number five. Uh, this is going to be a little controversial, but it's because it's the one raid I, I've gotten all the way to the end, but I've never actually cleared the boss on. I've got Wrath of the Machine at number five. Ooh, that's low. Yeah, I, that's real I, low. I, I've, never, I've never cleared the boss, and so because of that, I'm not going to put something that I haven't cleared up in my top three. Um, just on personal principle. Mm-hmm. I really like Wrath of the Machine. I did it real late in Destiny 1's life cycle, so I was already piped up for Destiny 2. Uh, the Death Zamboni, as we've covered earlier, is, I think, one of the greatest single encounters in a Destiny experience. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious to hear all the screaming that is coming from your fire team while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my clan name is derived from the Axis fight, uh, from throwing the balls at him and missing them. Um, I, I think it's a really fun raid but I think you need the right people to do that raid. Otherwise, it's just an exercise in futility. Um, And it's one of the ones, I mean, because obviously the game got cut off a year later, so there was no light level increase. Like, you're screwed. Like, you better be able to do it at the light level it released at because there was nothing else that came after it. I I think it's really cool, though. I like the story that it brings. um, And with it being, like, the final end of SIVA, of course, the Outbreak Prime stuff that we've covered... uh, I think it's a really cool encounter, but it's definitely number five for me. It's the lowest, or it's second lowest of the Destiny one raids. I think I'm going to put that I haven't played this raid. I've only watched it, but it looks super cool. Is is Last Wish? <sighs> oh, buddy, it looks. Cool. I, I I respect your opinion as someone who just uh, nuked Wrath of the Machine from orbit. I agree. I I, I can I can see where you're coming from. I just. What, Give me your reasonings. It just looks cool. Like it, visually, it's pleasing mm-hmm. to my eyeballs. We need to do it real soon. Yeah. Well, I just what's wanna... funny. What's funny about Last Wish is that on the last episode of Tower Casuals I was God, on, I so much. Josh agreed very, very loosely, but he did agree that he would come on for a Last Wish run. I think he, I think we had decided it was before Beyond Light comes out. Was it some sort of like legit eight. run or something? I think it was like a, a legit Riven run where we actually have to do Riven as intended, as as God intended. Missionary. I would just... 
Oh, there's nothing missionary about that fight, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you're get, you're getting it. Reverse cow guardian. It, 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 it is it is uh, it is BDSM. It is not good. Mm. You know, well, I'm just Riv- saying. Riven is the dominant partner in that fight. Let's put it that way. Let's see. We'd have you to do it. St- we'd have to stream Josh's BDSM costume to YouTube since there's no nipples on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> gag ball leather collar with like the one <laughs> yeah. strap that goes down the middle. Ties your leather. <laughs> Leather chaps to your legs. Some handcuffs. You got to play with your hands behind your back on your controller. Guys, I got to go masterwork something real quick. I hate all of you so much. All right, Uh, all right. Let me let let me make this. Let me make all of it go soft for you guys. I'm gonna go with Leviathan at number five. Okay. Uh, I think variety variety in the encounters brings puts it higher than a lot of other raids. I think it was very diverse. Um. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't terribly exciting or heroic or triumphant. Callus, Callus is a cool character, but he's not like, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel any particular way about killing him. And you know, spoiler alert, you don't actually kill him. But I don't know. It, it was a good raid. I think it was a good first raid, but it wasn't anything special. I would like to run that raid before it goes away, once again, because I've never read. I've never ran it on my xbox characters so um, mm-hmm. i would i would really like to run that raid at least once and then like one other one before they go away because like i said there's a few raids i haven't done and i would like to do them so yeah uh joe what do you have here at number five i have garden okay i really liked it i like the the art style but it doesn't have longevity for me I feel like after the initial kind of viewing of it or playthrough of it, I didn't feel like it was one of those raids that I wanted to like revisit. Well, and the underwhelming but loot doesn't help good. either. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I did this. I attempted to do this on like a day one raid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being so like excited and everything for it. So like it does have a killer art style. But even yeah. now, like when I see the Vex on the moon with like the the leaves and the moss on it, I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, a little too much. I'll pull it off. You guys are robots. You guys don't know how to clean yourselves or what? <laughs> does Get a the, shave. Does the moss transport with you? Does that come with you then? Like, I don't know. It feels I... like it's so one note after a while. Yeah, for sure. Let, let's keep the garden talk going. I, I've got garden at number four. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you. It's one of my favorite designed raids. It's in my top three raid designs, I think. I really like the layout of it, even though it's linear. There is a lot of jumping puzzles within this. Yes. Uh, there again, we've I've already talked about it a couple times now. The divinity puzzles, I really, really love. Um, I said this is how a raid exotic should be handled. I think they did a lot of things in Garden that were really cool, but man, that final boss fight it sucks ass. It's terrible. I, I really, really, really hate fighting the Sanctified Mind. I'm not a fan of it. Um, but I think the story behind us getting Divinity is really cool. We literally took a Vex weapon and made it our own, uh, which kind of fit with the theme of some of the legendaries we got, um, as well as you know taking Anarchy and things like that. I, I think that's kind of a cool capstone for that whole saga. Um, 
But other than that, man, I agree. Like, there's not really a whole lot of reasons to go back and run it. Once you've gotten Divinity, there's not, unless you're going for the title that's related to that raid, there's not a lot of reasons to go back and do it. But it is pretty, especially it's, for the first it's time. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I kind of want to go back and do it once the new light cap hits and we've got it running in 4K at 60 frames. I would like to go back and check it out again just to see how much more gorgeous it looks on a new flat screen. But I don't know if I can suffer through that boss encounter again. I, w- I would be willing to run through it and quit at the boss. <laughs> uh, okay, what is there, we're we're starting to run short on time. What does everybody else got at number four? Wrath. Wrath. Okay. Ooh. Uh, Leviathan. Leviathan. Okay. Leviathan. No. God, really strong no. showing for Wait. Leviathan. I think I already used Leviathan, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I, I think did. you used it for number five. Shit. Oh, uh, Scourge of the Past. That's what I meant. Scourge. Oh, okay. I meant Scourge. Sorry, okay. guys. Okay. Uh, anybody have any thoughts on those that we have not already covered? No. I've got lots of thoughts on those that we haven't covered yet. Hit me. Hit, uh, on the ones that we just li- on the ones we just talked oh, that we just listed. Oh for no, our- no. Okay. Any thoughts that we haven't covered? Yeah. Any thoughts we haven't covered on on those the raids that we've covered (laughs) yeah we're we're gonna get into the top three and i think we've all pretty much got the same top three at this point uh or close to it uh so my number three is vault of glass Hmm. i uh, okay Uh, this is where i had to really resist the nostalgia moments yeah um so i've got this at number three i still think on any given day i could bump it down to number four Having so having never, I'll I'll I'll, I'll quickly go through this because I know the two guys who have run it probably really want to talk. Uh, Vault of Glass would be number three based on what I know, it, how I probably would feel about it if I had been there at the time. Um, yeah, that's where I'll stand. Yeah, I, I think in terms of it being the first of its kind in an FPS game. Um, I think that warrants its. I, I think that warrants a higher ranking, uh, and the fact that it was pulled off and universally acclaimed as the best thing about Destiny in year one was just a crowning achievement. Like that's that the success of that raid is why Luke Smith is in control of the franchise now. Mm-hmm. Like he literally said he wanted to take a World of Warcraft raid but make it an FPS, and he did that with Vault, and he wasn't even supposed to be the Vault lead. He got that gig because the previous uh, lead left. So Luke was given the job. Like, we forget that Luke started out in community, (coughs) signing emblems and stuff for Halo Reach. And, you know, then here he is being the architect of one of, I think, the crowning achievements. That thing ran on Xbox 360. Let that Mm -hmm. sink in for a moment. Yeah. Like, I still can't believe Destiny at all ran on 360. (laughs) the The fact that that expansion and king's fall ran on 360 is a testament to the wizards at bungie and to the design of those raids yeah that's probably i'm gonna seat the floor what do you guys have at number besides nerdy he agrees me what do you guys have with number three number number three for me is is vault i i really liked vault i it was not my first raid so i don't have that like this is my first you know Oh my gosh, Vault's amazing because it was my first raid type nostalgia. But like when we ran it, it it was really cool going down into like these these vex monuments and just going down and, and taking out these giant uh, and having these enemies that you didn't really see out in the open yet. You know, and it, it was just 
it was cool, man. Like vaults, just cool. And Atheon, that the Atheon room is like one of the still one of the coolest rooms in Destiny. Yeah. So. I for uh, my number three, I have Wrath. Okay. We've, we've covered it enough. Um, I really like it. I like how the variety in the mechanics that were there and kind of the puzzles that existed. Agreed. Um, and the art style was different at the time it it definitely seemed like the crowning achievement of like d1 mm-hmm. escalation agree the siva stuff too especially like the final boss encounter that whole room and then the siva stuff and everything in that raid was really yep awesome really yep. good art style mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. yeah especially like, <clears throat> the way it reimagined like existing space that was like one of the first yep. evolution of a space thing that happened in destiny that was cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. agreed uh, so moving on, uh, my number two is, and this, here we go. This should not have been as hard as it was for me to decide. Here we go. The more, the more I thought about it, the the harder it was. Uh, I've got Last Wish at number two. Uh, ooh, I have I have Last Wish at number two. It was extremely close between that and uh, spoiler alert. My number one is King's Fall. Mm-hmm. Um, it was extremely difficult between these two. I think much in the way that Vault of Glass was such a crowning achievement for what the world of Destiny could do when it was introduced, Last Wish was what reaffirmed me that Forsaken was the right direction to take this franchise. That they had made all the right decisions. This was a gigantic exclamation point on the end of that expansion. It was underlined, it was circled, it was highlighted. Uh, It is, simply put for me, it is the best Destiny 2 raid. It's not even close in that regard. Um, it is, I think it's the second longest raid behind King's Fall. Um, but every single encounter is genuinely a great encounter. Whether you're hiding in rooms, uh, from Kali, you're doing the Shiro Chi puzzles, um, the, the stupid ogre can piss off. I don't like the ogre. Uh, the vault is so interesting the first time you do it, whether you're reading or defending. And of course, Riven, uh, whether you do legit or not, Riven is a really, really cool fight. The first time you see her, like you gasped, Chelsea had never seen Riven when we did it. She was like, oh my god, what is that? I was like, that is an ahamkara. This, it's incredible what it does for the story of the game, what it does for the lore. I never dreamed we would actually see an ahamkara in game, and here we are. Bam, we're fighting one, uh, a taken one at that. And then if the, and you think it's all over, and then you have to rip the heart out and do un, the world's longest Olympic race with it. It yeah. is the best ending to a raid. It smiles from ear to ear even though it took us a couple uh, a couple hours to do it our first time we had a squeaker teaching us i i had a kid whose balls clearly had not dropped teaching me how to run this raid uh and it's one of the best experiences i've ever had in a video game last wish is destiny 2's crowning achievement hmm. what do you guys got at number two now after i just wrote a novel and definitely wasn't that rehearsed my uh, number two is wrath okay i think i think just I mean, it was a it was a smaller raid, but it, it was precise. It had great encounters. It was you know it, you could get in, you could get out. Uh, the final boss encounter was like really hard in a unique way. I would say like you really had to be on point. Uh, you had to be good. Yeah, yeah. You you really did, and like it it was. I just like Wrath a lot. So, okay. uh, nerd, hit me with your number two. He's muted again. You're muted again. 
Oh, I okay. I'm here. I'm here. All right. So I'm not going to talk about number two. I'm going to actually just I'm just skip straight to my number one. So King's Fall is my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, number one for me is going to be Last Wish. So I I don't want to I don't want to completely repeat everything that you just said. And I I never did King's Fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think King's Fall is, is cool to me just because you get to fight Oryx. Um, and uh, I think it has a really cool exotic quest that goes around it. That's where you got Touch of Malice, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a really awesome weapon. Interesting Man. concept. In terms yeah. of lore, it's probably still the coolest weapon we've ever done. I agree. I agree. I've watched... Uh, I thought about going back... I mean, if I had a raid group that would go back and do all Destiny 1 shit with me, I would go back just to do that quest and like do that raid. Um, I yeah. would do it. I know... me. Um, me and my friend Mitch have been talking about Destiny One raids for like a month now, and like, man, I wish we had people to play Destiny One raids with us. Uh, yeah, for me, I think it's 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 a toss up between Last Wish and King's Fall. I've done Last Wish, uh, and I, I think I appreciate it more because of that. So King's yeah. Fall for me is number two. Joe, hit me. What's uh, titles only? No explanations. Everyone name their favorite Star Wars movie. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Agreed. The Phantom Menace. Oh, oh God. Get off. <laughs> All right. Or you kicked off your own podcast. I'm just kidding. I don't... I don't. <laughs> Seriously, just kidding. Uh, it's Empire, obviously. I mean, that's the correct choice. It is. I agree with you. And that's why I'm going to change, I think, historically, what I would answer as my number two and number one respectively my number two is vault of glass uh i love the raid first raid i did it definitely was the most different thing like it was so different than anything i'd ever done in anything i never played world of warcraft or anything like that it got me hooked into destiny it is the reason why i would fight for anyone to like play and like to really reason with like no you should play this game uh it's excellent the sound design alone of vault of glass is amazing because you're hearing things that you've never heard before um i i love this raid um but it is not my empire strikes back Ooh, ooh, interest that see okay as somebody I who was almost exclusively played destiny with mr colonel panic here that's very surprising it is me. surprising it, like it, and that vault of glass is a new hope. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, so when we talk about that, I, I like that you make that comparison because that, that's why my number one has to be King's Fall. King's Fall is my Empire Strikes Back. Um, King's Fall is my it, Empire Strikes Back. It, it, it King's Fall is what built on what was already an incredible experience. Um, yes. Outside of nerd, our, we're all in agreement that King's Fall is our number one. Mm-hmm. Correct. I'll fight. I'll fight. Yeah. I'll fight for this. Yeah, um, King's Fall. This, this very much goes like my my Star Wars rankings, though. Uh, I do have a New Hope and Empire, like kind of as a one A one B. On any given day, I could flip flop them, um, and it's funny because a New Hope is probably my most rewatched movie of all time, but Empire is my favorite of all time. And man, it's just I, I think Joe's comparison to Star Wars with Vault of Glass is perfectly applied here. This is a masterclass in game design. 
uh, and in what Bungie can achieve. This is this is what we were promised with Destiny. Vault of Glass was a taste. Yes. The Taken King as a whole was the promise fulfilled, I think. And again, just like Last Wish, this is an underscore, this is an exclamation point on an already great expansion. Um, it takes it from being a really good $40 purchase to, oh my god, what are you doing? You have to buy this. You have to play this for this activity. Do the 100 hours of grinding, whatever you have to do to come do this raid with me. Mm -hmm. uh, it is the first time that we go to the Ascendant Realm, if you are the runner in the Oryx fight. Um, it is the first time that we kill somebody in the campaign and then come back and kill them in a raid. Uh, not counting Skolas, because we don't technically kill him in the campaign. Um, I, I think the concepts, I mean, basic concepts that we do in everything now. Dunking the ball is introduced in this for the first time. Uh, you know, splitting three and three, covering totems, uh, totems, jumping puzzles along the wall of dicks, um, <laughs> jumping, all, jumping, oh, man. ships. I remember so many of my friends hating that opening encounter. It would get, I got to the point where they would leave the group until we got to the next checkpoint. Then they would join us, so they didn't have to do it. Um, King's Fall has some of my greatest gaming memories of all time. Staying up till three or four o'clock in the morning, raiding, hunting mm -hmm. for those stupid godforsaken calcified fragments to yes. get the palace, um, and then being able to do the exotic sword quest after that. Uh, it's it's incredible. It, it, it's it's the gold to me. Still, like the, again, that and Last Wish are so close for me. Um, they are the gold standard for what every single raid in this game should strive to hit. Uh, but. You guys yeah. go. Uh, I know Corey has a lot to say on this one in particular. I mean, King King's Fall was like because like uh, I I played I played Destiny one until just you know I played until the Dark Below came out and played through the story. I didn't really get Destiny at that point, and then my f friend sucked me in when House of Wolves came out and said, "Hey, we're trying to build a clan up. We I want you to come play with us." Uh, I'll t teach you how to play Destiny, whatever. And then we went through, and Kingsfall was the f we tried it the first day. We got to the <laughs> we got surprisingly got to the uh, the war priest, and it was just like fighting the war priest and trying to figure it out without looking because we tried to do it. Mm -hmm. We it took us like I think six or seven hours to get to the war priest and fight the war priest. Because we didn't know what the totems were, we went in completely blind on the <laughs> on the first day it was available. I took three days off of work to get ready for this raid. It was just like, man, doing this was the highlight of of just Destiny One for me. We were it was the first raid where I got Flawless Raider doing King's Fall. We it was the first raid we did. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's seeing your guys' group chat on this uh, <laughs> on this video, uh, but like just seeing, you know, they're doing the raid three times a week for the first time, doing the prestige raid three times a week, mm -hmm. being able to just play this raid and knowing it in and out. We could get it. We were we were doing the what prestige raid. We were getting in and out in 40 minutes. That's so wait, how hold, was that was that the first raid where they had a prestige version? Or was I, I think 
I think Prestige so, came out with King's Fall, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't cool, think there cool. was one before that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, my memory may be fuzzy, but I think that's when it came. It out. It was like it. It came out what, like six weeks later or something? The hard something mode. Like that. Yeah. There, there, there wasn't one for Vault or for Crota before that, to my knowledge. Yeah. And like we were, we had King's Fall so down pat. We were doing it three times a week, and we were raiding Prestige raid three times a night we did it we did the procedure every week three times a night it was it was just it was amazing it was awesome i love king's fall so much i love the. i hate <laughs> it's so funny because we we would always make fun of my our one friend because he couldn't jump and he was he was a warlock and he didn't couldn't jump up the spiral Whoa. place with the rocks Whoa. we had to jump on the rocks to get all the way up to the top right uh, yeah. before you go into sister the sisters and like on our old youtube channel there's literally a, a video of him jumping going up above the platform and falling right back down the other side of the hole and all of us were just cracking up laughing because he just couldn't hey, jump as a as somebody who's become a career warlock those warlock jumps are hard but okay <laughs> like i'm tr- i'm triggered uh, it's a hunter master race for jumping look it's titan. okay to be a hunter. It's okay to be a titan, but it's not okay to be wrong, nerd. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll remember that next time you want a nice well underneath you. Okay. <laughs> I got a bubble. I'll, I'll come stand in your well. There we go. <laughs> uh, but I really don't have much else to say about King's Fall. It's just, yeah. it's just like, it's probably like the highlight of Destiny One for me for sure. Yeah. Um, I think King's Fall took so many elements that were pre-existing meaning like things that were built in the world things that i had interacted with and like was i don't want to say looking for resolution but i felt like this is a boss that i'm supposed to fight that felt like a boss that's been around for a long time and they did something so cool with scale Mm -hmm. that it felt like this guy lives up to his reputation Mm-hmm. Yeah, which made when we finally beat him at the end, and it, I, this was like leading into an all night thing. Like, had to work the next morning. I, I'm up. It's like four, three, or four a.m. Like, we're like, okay, let's just give it. We're so close. Like, we can't quit. We have to do it's it. It's always more time. the one more. It's always the one more. Yeah. I think it, it did so many things right, and you got a really cool weapon out of it. There's a reason to go back and keep playing around in that world. And, like, just talking about it now makes, like, I have the lens, and I know, I booted up Destiny 1 recently, and I know how muddy everything looks and how bad the interface on everything is and how empty the world feels. Yeah. Um, it just, everything feels so vacant that I don't, I almost don't want to play it because I feel like rose-colored glasses on it a little bit as far as mm-hmm. like how I remember it, and I feel like playing a remastered version of it is going to be the the better way to do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it tied into the world so well, not like unlike any other raid really has. Every other raid, for the most part, has like this little side story or like oh like oh by the way this shit's happening, but like. All of this stuff was like the whole time in D1 it felt like it was present. Uh, and he definitely feels like the leader of like 
the hive and I don't know, going to the everything you guys have mentioned is great about it. I mean, but even when you first like, even when you first encounter him in that opening mission on on Phobos or whatever, he's like intimidating. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Cuz like it's just like this dark like it's just like this dark version of Oryx and then you like you go through the campaign and then like he disappears into the ascendant realm and then like you go to the raid to kill him and it's just like like you said Joe with the the scale of Oryx and just how big he is in that final battle and yes. like all the mechanics that are going on within this final battle and and just calling out Tighten in the middle with bubble, you know, make sure you got your uh, touch of malice on because you're just going to need to fire everything at him to get him to stagger before you go into that next round. I, uh, the boss battle combined with the jumping puzzle. Yeah. Like each individual are hard on their own in destiny for the most part, but then being like, okay, you guys have got to, Someone's going to go here. Someone's going to go here. You got to keep jumping around until you can dunk. And then like, then you can do boss. Like it's, that's crazy. Meanwhile, he's There's like freaking around. around <laughs> yeah. Like it's funny. Now I volunteer to do jumping puzzles like that. Uh, back then I was, I was really timid when that happened. God, six, five years ago, five years ago, uh, King's fall came out. Um, I was just out of college and I, I didn't like using LFG or anything like that. And it was a new group I was playing with and they're like, Hey man, you're the only hunter. Do you want to, you want to try the jumping puzzle? And I resisted it for so long and we just kept failing. And finally I did it. I was like that there's no more rewarding feeling that I've had than being the one who got the dunk and we killed him on the next round. Um, Mm -hmm. seeing his gigantic body floating towards, uh, Saturn is just, yeah. Uh, it's it's and i think that's why i like this in king's fall so much is they're the only raids to me where you really get a sense of scale of what you're up against very true and you feel like as a titan like like being human and then or like not a titan but a guardian like they're like big things in the world and then to realize like how small you are with like in it like to its credit riven and uh this is just so crazy and it's all from the first person perspective so it's i don't know it's different the fr- the only other time that it's i felt worst. that as a game is like do you remember in the end of was it sonic 2 you fight the dr robotnik that takes up the full screen in that walking robot or is that sonic 1 yes it doesn't i matter. think it's no 2 is 2 is metal sonic in the airplane so it's got i think it's sonic 1 so- sonic 1 I remember playing that as a kid and be like, and as a kid, just being like, "Oh, why don't you have a big screen TV to play this on?" Like, for what reason? I have no idea. A Ganon like, and Ocarina of Time. Exactly. This is the. This yeah. is. I feel like the first time that this like. It, it felt different. It like I felt like because you get so into the moment that it feels intimidating. Yeah. Nerd, you look like you're really itching to say something. I, uh, look. I, I don't want to make all your Destiny 1 PPs go small here, okay? But My Destiny 1 PP is already small, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think to admit on camera, I'll admit it. There, all right, so I, I, I want to defend my number one choice. And no, I don't want to defend it, because honestly, I think you King's Fall... To. No, I don't need to. I think King's Fall is an amazing uh, raid, just in concept. Again, mm-hmm. haven't done it. 
Uh, I think it's an amazing rating concept. But I think that Last Wish brings everything that Destiny rating should be all together in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll try to keep yeah. this quick because I know we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, first point is it it completely changed the zone or the area where the raid originates. So defeating Riven kicked off the four-week cycle for the Dreaming City. So it completely changed the area that it that it took place in permanently. That's true. That's true. It's still the only raid to really change something. Correct. Uh, it took 18 hours for the first raid group to beat Last Wish, which I, I believe was the longest. Uh, it took longer than that. It was actually 22 hours for the first group. Okay. Which it which is a testament to to the difficulty and the diversity of the uh, mm-hmm. of the uh, encounters, which is somebody who's gone through them all. I mean, it, it 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 is the most technically challenging raid that exists. Uh, all of the encounters are different. Now I know that differs from what I said, you know, earlier in the podcast, which was like all the destiny raids build up on each other. I feel like Last Wish breaks from that to yep. an extent. In that all the encounters are different, but I think for this particular raid, it's that's that's okay because this is supposed to be the culmination of a lot of different things. Um, it has a final encounter, and don't get me wrong, Oryx is is worthy of a final boss in a raid like nobody else. I mean, he was a, a final boss uh, to be, really beat all final bosses in Destiny, really. But we have a final boss in Last Wish that people are terrified to to do the legit way we had to literally go and find a way to cheat it because the encounter is now okay there's there's pros and cons to this you could say oh well that's just bad game design because nobody wants to do it the real way but like the final encounter is so difficult that people are literally like i've never done it legit josh has never done it legit i Nobody that I, I know. Is, I know. I do not know a single person who's even attempted. I don't know anybody who's ever done it legit. So that speaks to, I think, on whatever level you want to take it at, uh, that 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 boss fight is is just crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, I think the 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 design of the the raid in general is amazing. I love everything that's taken, um, but it blends taken and sort of this like fantasy uh, feel really nicely. Um, for me, it just it brings everything that a Destiny raid should be together in one place. It has a lot of lore behind it. Um, design is amazing. Great wet, you get great weapons. You get, I think, some of the best looking gear in Destiny too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there's better gear in, in, and yeah. I think a lot of other raids, Destiny One specifically. But I think it, the best gear in Destiny Two that you can get, um, for me, Last Wish is is number one. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I said, for me, for me, it's extremely close. Um, it sounds I feel like, like I, I wake up tomorrow and go a different way. It sounds like it almost sounds like the la- like last wish is almost like Destiny 2's take uh, King's Fall in a way. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, the, the parallels are so striking there, right? Man, like, that makes me want to run it. Of, <laughs> yeah, not just in terms of like the raid layout but i mean like what the expansion did for destiny like taken king is when destiny one really became destiny mm-hmm. like house of wolves was okay uh dark below was eh, okay but this is when you're like okay this is what i was promised at launch 
Forsaken, Forsaken was kind of the saving grace of Destiny 2. Had Forsaken not stuck the landing, and especially had Last Wish not done it, I don't know if we'd still be playing Destiny. Mm -mm, I agree. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I mean, and Activision still chalked it up as, as a failure, and after that happened, that's when Bungie was like, nope, forget it. We're, we're getting out of this. We're getting out of this deal right now. We know what we've got here. We, we've, we are finally where we want to be in terms of design and narrative and things like that. And I would so, love to have the Rick and Morty portal gun and visit the alternate universe where Activision got the game that they wanted out of Destiny. Because, <laughs> like, I'm sure it's not good. I made a lot of money. I'd love to see that, and I'd love to see the original version of the game before they fired Joseph Staten 10 months before yeah, launch. Yeah, I, I want to see that, too. Which I, I, I think, do... unironically, I think we're getting parts of that this year. <laughs> well, I, well, it's the thing. Like, I do feel like that <laughs> set the game back a really long time. Like Them having to kind of make up a lot of the story really set the game back a really long time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think the fact that you still got King's Fall out of all that and that you got Last Wish out of the disaster that was Curse of Osiris is just that that's a that's a testament to the hey, designers and the programmers. We did have we did have the Whisper mission after Curse of Osiris. That was yeah, you, you had it about six weeks before Last Wish. Yeah, which I think that was some of the best some of the best content we had gotten. It was, uh, but I think that was a bright spot in an otherwise like kind of dismal time. Yeah, agree. And I think this... I think Whisper was absolutely like like that was the someone's turning. little art project that they yeah. were working on. They're like, okay, how can we sneak this in? Mm -hmm. And the best part is, it's literally it's a it's a the third time that that gun's been reskinned because it start the story is it starts out as Black Hammer, it becomes Black Spindle, and now it's Whisper of the Worm. Like that's hilarious to me is that they just they keep making it more and more elaborate. Like is Savathun gonna be in my gun next? I mean, like, does I, that I, does that gun become more like I don't know more well known than Gallarhorn at some point? I mean, how many? If we uh, get another iteration of it, I don't know. If you get another iteration, I would say yes. I think Gallarhorn is still iconic because we've all heard, even people who have never played Destiny have heard the LFG horror stories of Destiny yeah. One of you cannot do Crota unless you have Gallarhorn. Mm -hmm. It did uh, break the it did break the internet for like a day. Mm -hmm. uh, it did. Remember uh, when the Vikings? Uh, retweeted because Gallarhorn was trending yeah. when Zer was selling it the last time. They're like, oh, it's good to see the Vikings fans are on on point today or something. And people were like, it's not what we're talking about, buddy. <laughs> yeah, for no. you. Um, I remember I had to log into somebody's Xbox for them. I had to log into their profile for them. They had to give me their information. And then as soon as I bought Gallarhorn, I signed out. They changed all their passwords and everything. Mm -hmm. Um there, there were so many people doing. There were literally Reddit threads upon threads of people doing that. It, it's become such a gigantic meme in the community that we just every day that that rolls around, the Gallarhorn Day comes around. We it's spammed all over Twitter, all over Bungie.net, the forums, everything. It's it's so great. I don't know if you ever passed that, but with that, our raid rankings have come to a close. Uh, thank you, guys. I've been wanting to do this for quite a while. And I feel like really it was good. I respect like, everyone's decisions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like we need a, you know, in, uh, I guess any scoreboard. I'm all, I always think of like Happy Gilmore, so I think of golf. But like, you remember when like they have like one of those boards with the little placards that they can slide in mm -hmm. and move mm -hmm. things around. Like we need mm -hmm. that for every raid, and they'll be like, when a new raid comes out, be like, do we want to make a change to the board? 
Then we can slide. Yeah, I, I can't wait around. to see where uh, Deep Stone Crypt ranks uh, for me personally. I, I've, like I said, I've been looking forward to going to the crypt as a location for a long time now, mm. and. I I'm trying so hard not to have any sort of expectations for what I'm going to find there. Um, I want to be as pleasantly surprised as I was with last wish. The first time I did it. Yeah. So. I uh, can't wait to do it. I'm excited. Well, kids, should we, uh, should we, did anybody else have anything to say before we wrap this up? Cause we had, you know, before we started recording, our journalist said this was going to be the longest episode we've ever recorded. And we were it's like, absolutely. We hope not. And guess what? We've beaten it by 28 minutes so far. Called so, it. Uh, uh, I called it. Good job. Every time everybody. I'm on, we go, we set a record. So, uh, <laughs> I want to thank everybody so much for watching and or listening to this episode, this long episode. Uh, no lore corner this week. We're going to, we're going to move that to next week just because yeah. raid rankings more important. Uh, we we did have an open spot in the uh, in lore corners uh, schedule. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for the last week leading into it. So uh, we'll do our deep dive on the Drifter next week. Yeah. So uh, this is Tower Casuals. You can find it on podcast services every Friday or on YouTube. Uh, you can also check us out live on twitch.tv slash live and on our website at bossrushgames.com. Remember to like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you listen to this show. Nerd Generalist, Colonel Panic, thank you for joining me and Josh tonight. Uh, where can we find you, Nerd Generalist? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, at NGeneralist. Yes. Uh, Joe, where can we find you? So I'm Colonel Panic. That's K3RNL underscore Panic. Always so pleasant to say my name. <laughs> Check the show notes. Yeah. Check the show notes. <laughs> Josh uh as always at josh underscore finn on twitter that's finn with two n's on the end and uh follow me for my nonsensical takes on next gen my constant paranoia over my xbox orders which i'm still scared about and the ensuing fallout from the buffalo wing beer Don't come. uh you can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on a plethora of content here on Boss Rush Games. Check out Arsenal X, our Xbox podcast, or Crossroads, our PlayStation podcast. You can check those out on your podcast service of choice as well. If you're into Nintendo, Nintendo Power Block, and of course, the Boss Rush podcast. I want to thank everybody so much for watching and or listening. Also remember, Earl of Sandwich is the greatest sandwich he of all time. He couldn't go. He couldn't go a whole episode without doing it. We will see you next time on Tower Casuals. Goodbye, everybody.